You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers postgame show. Bucks at Panthers. Panthers fall 46-23. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. What I need for you guys is to hit me up with a thumbs up for the audio because Windows did an update, a massive update on my system, which always throws everything for a loop. Been working on it in the last quarter of the game. Didn't miss... Uh oh. Where is that sounds coming from? I got a loop. I got the loop. I got the loop. I don't know. Hopefully. Okay. All right. Cool. Again, Windows update always screws us up. Screws me up. Anyway. You're here for the longest running Panthers podcast, and now we have um, the C3 Panthers post game show, which is a great place for Panther fans to come together. The number is 252 228 5098. That's 252 228 5098. Go ahead and you can leave a message. We're going to play it on the podcast. We'll respond to all the calls. Um, and uh, going to be an interesting show tonight as we continue um, to debate the progress of this team from the defense to the offense to the quarterback uh, to the continued fake punts everywhere we look. Uh, and I'm going to do that tonight with my best buds, Cody Lashney in the house. How you doing, my friend? Bit show about a topic that I know we're going to be talking about tonight uh, or today, rather. Listen, I don't wish harm on any man. I hope Teddy Bridgewater is okay. He left the game with the knee injury. Prayers up to the man. But it's just a further continuation of what I have been saying, what we have been saying, and that when the moment is big and it comes time to go downfield and put points on the board, Teddy Bridgewater is not the guy. This is not a good football team. The better draft pick, the better for the future of the Panthers, but we'll get into it, Tony. In the meantime, we're going to do it with the best Panther fans and all of YouTube. George, Fight Me West, Tin Tizzy, Dakota Tumbleton, Alex Christmas. Uh, I'm trying to find a brand new name here. Sarah Taylor, Mr. Swervy 101, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, baby. Let's go. CK in the house. What's up, my buddy? Man, uh, just coming into this game with, you know, high hopes because we've, for the most part this year, been in every game. And, you know, that uh, that first half uh, was a fallacy. And uh, we're going to talk about it. But I am a, I am going to 
uh, ride another hill. There's going to be multiple hills we're going to be talking about, and one is Phil Snow's bend don't break mentality. Mm. Ain't it? Ain't it? All right, and we've got Greg, the Bat Daddy, man of many podcasts. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. I got a whole lot of stuff to talk about tonight. You know, uh, you guys saw me and everybody on Twitter. I'm tweeting things out very, very nice about Bridgewater in the first half. He did have some some throws that were a little off, but but they were getting there anyway. He he proved my point. Consistently average. He's not a franchise quarterback. We're going to talk about this tonight, and I got a burning question in my mind. I want to ask y'all. I just thought about having a discussion with somebody on Twitter. So. The number's 252-228-5098. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the podcast. We welcome all Panther fans, new and old, as we continue to grow Panther Nation. Don't forget, we are not football experts, but expert football fans, bringing you the latest news and opinions on the Carolina Panthers. Our show is our main show, or our weekly podcast is Tuesday night, 9 p.m., live on YouTube. Don't forget, before then, if you want to bet on the games, Late fall college ball, the NBA bubble, and UFC Fight Island. It's clear 2020 has been a year like any other, and the place to go and get those bets and those winnings like any other is mybookie.ag. MyBookie, you use the promo code OVERTIME. Whether you're a first-time customer or been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets and contests that they offer up every week. I'm sure you would have made a fortune on the over today. I don't even know what the over was, but there's no way that it didn't hit. And if you go to MyBookie and use the promo code OVERTIME and it's your first deposit, they'll match you halfway. Since we're halfway through the NFL season or past halfway, they will match you halfway up to a 1000 bucks. Uh, the terms are simple. You put in 200 bucks, you get another 100 in your account. If you are already planning to bet anytime this season, this is the way to do it. My bookie, promo code OVERTIME. All right, guys, the Panthers fall. What was an initially to be a very uplifting, seemed to be an uplifting game. The Panthers did go into halftime, tied at 17. Some problems down the stretch with a drop DJ Moore pass that could have set up the Panthers potentially to either strike for the end zone or at least kick that field goal and go into the halftime at 20-17. to 17. And it was that drop right there that really it seemed like when the Panthers started to drop the entire game as they came out of the locker room, they continued to, or they only went basically on to put up six more points throughout the game and got blown out in the process, 46-23. to 23. Teddy Bridgewater sustained an injury towards the end of the game, leaving P.J. Walker, Walker Williams, Williams. Uh, Walker. 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 P.J. Williams is the basketball player. P.J. Walker to come in, uh, and really, at that point, there was very little hope for the Panthers. Um, While there was some fight, we saw some good things in the first half, but guys, this game quickly became the Panthers team that many people expected this season to be in the second half. You guys watched the game. Your thoughts so far. What's the first thing we need to talk about now? And please don't say Teddy. It's got to be the defense. No, well, listen, okay. I, I think that we can kind of put them in a bundle. I would mm. say third down on offense and on defense. Our, our, our defense cannot get off the field on third down to save their life. Our offensive backfield is shredded. Dante Jackson continues to have 
this stupid ass toe injury, man. It's like either get on IR and fix your toe or actually be a reliable player in the football game. Okay. But now Sam Franklin's hurt. Uh, Tareer Trashhead got hurt. Man, we had a bunch of injuries. And dude, we're not good on third down. And on the flip side, we're not good on third down on offense either. Mm-hmm. Like there were plays when we, we we had to have it, and it didn't happen for one reason or another. I mean, there, there are so many holes that that can be spoken of on both sides of the football. And, and listen, I, I know that we're team anti Bridgewater, and that is not a franchise quarterback. But listen, it was a a a whole bunch of failures. All around on Bridgewater, on our receivers. How about DJ Morsher that came down with that uh with that third down pass? And yep, yes, the then, uh, then, his uh, career, by the way. Yeah, then by the way, our offense should have hurried the fuck up and uh got another play in before they had time to review it. Uh mm-hmm. man, listen, it, it was an embarrassing performance. Embarrassing you, all the way around. Well, man, I, in fairness, the the <laughs> The first half was good, guys. This and I just want to highlight this, and then I pass the mic is uh, because Taylor, um, who brought it up in the chat, Sarah Taylor, brought it up in the chat. That ninety-eight yard um, run by the Bucks really kind of signaled the the calamity coming, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, Teddy Bridgewater turned it over. Until then, we were playing a very competitive game. Well. To be truly honest with you, I, I agree that the 98-yard touchdown really was like a gut punch and knocks the wind out of you. But at that point, we're still in the game. The next play turnover, I feel, is what really, really ended it. Period. Point blank. Done. And even then, even then, we still got the ball back with down two possessions with nine minutes left and three touchdowns and couldn't get it done. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so even after Bridgewater throws the interception immediately after the 98-yard touchdown, when you feel like it's over... We're still in the game with nine minutes left, three timeouts, down two possessions. And if you have a quarterback that you believe is a franchise quarterback, he gets that done, or he at least gets close. He doesn't get blown out. So, I believe it. Mm-hmm. Get in there, guys. CK, jump on it, man. Say man, something I, uh, about this team. So, again, I, I, so a question that I think Greg has posed is, do we blame this on coaching? I think up to this point, our coaches have done everything they can possibly do with a broken defense. But the part that I don't believe we are capitalizing on is Phil Snow. I have not seen enough from Phil Snow to warrant him to be you know, our defensive coordinator. I haven't seen anything incredible. He I continues agree. to do things that aren't working. The third, the three man rush with eight, dropping eight people on third down and long has not worked. And you know what has worked a lot of times is when he's rushing four people on that third down. And that's when our punts have come. You know, so the problem is, is that this, by the way, guys, this would have been a much bigger blowout had Tom Brady had a little more touch on some of those passes he was throwing down, down the field. Just think about how wide open yeah. our, those receivers were in the end zone multiple times like um, that I'm, is a problem i'm so reminds- glad that that you brought that up because the past two weeks in a row watching tampa i've noticed the same thing man T- uh tom brady will sail passes just right over an open receiver's head man uh, mm-hmm. like it, it's funny and people are gonna shoot me for for saying this but physically at least 
Tom Brady and Teddy Bridgewater are are very comparable to me. They I think t- Tom has a stronger arm than, than I think Teddy so. I think yeah, today I, I was going to tweet this. How is it that Tom Brady at 44 years old looks like he has a better arm than Teddy Bridgewater? Than Teddy Bridgewater. And by the way, so you know, that's an true. arm talent thing. And uh, he's a lot the greatest of, quarterback lot, of all time. A lot of people think that arm talent is just how far you can throw a ball. That's not it at all. It's how hard you can drive the football. That's why Tom Brady sails his passes. And look, he's more aggressive than Bridgewater, but I would say that was that's what it would look like if Teddy Bridgewater was more aggressive. And that's why he doesn't trust himself to make a lot of those throws. So All right, so here, back to Phil Snow in this defense right now is yeah. that because a lot of people, let's focus in on this defense before we spiral into a Teddy debate. Um, the defense, in some ways, struggled today, right? I mean, obviously, you give up 46 points. That's not a good thing. Um, a lot of problems, like you said, in coverage. Um, and, look, this team, let me see, Tampa was able to rush the ball. The Bucks had 340 yards passing. Tom Brady was 28 for 39, 341, three TDs. Ronald Jones had uh, 192 yards. Now, one of those was on a giant carry, but still a 100-yard game. Yeah, had 100 yards either way. Stru- yeah. You know, very, uh, you know, kind of a struggle on the, against the run at times. But in defense of Phil Snow and this defense, what do y'all expect? When you're talking about the team, again, I describe as a team half full of bums, half full of rookies on defense – and you're talking about a team that's got Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Rob Kongrowski, Rob Kron- Gronkowski, Cameron yeah. Bright, um, Leonard Fournette. Like, they have too many tools in the toolbox. Yeah. And to be honest, the defense, and while that, yes, they were able to get away with some fortunate, like you said, that um, Antonio Brown overthrew Antonio Brown, where Antonio was cutting more towards the post it looked like when Tom Brady threw it straight up the middle. Um, you you saw some other times uh, where they just could not get it in the end zone um, or make that final play. And you guys said that he, you know, there was an opportunity this could have been worse. Tom Brady in that first half was also dealing, throwing some of the most beautiful passes into tight windows while this defense was playing well. I don't know how a defense – how we can expect our defense really to take a bludgeon after bludgeon after bludgeon and then be like, they stink. Yes, they do stink. They stink because the linebackers cannot support the run defense at all. We're kind of playing with Brian Burns and Zach Kerr only on that defensive line. And Rasul Douglas is out there trying to do his best against the best receivers in the league each and every week mm-hmm. while damn a rookie and Troy pride and you know, you could say he struggles this and that, but really, man, we are not tooled to be good on defense. Trey Boston with his worst game of the season, tired whitehead, terrible today. How, I mean, like how can we say that this is on Phil snow when that's what he's working with? Well, can I, can I ask you a question to start up with or answer it with a question is we, we, I would feel a little differently about the defense and give them a little more slack if we didn't draft all defensive players in the in the in the draft this year. 
Like that was what the coaching staff is trying to focus on is improving the defense and they haven't. And I feel like that's kind of an indictment on the coaching staff altogether. Like not just uh, Phil Snow, like altogether the coaching staff and the front office, because you invested in this. How defense, have they not? Though? Chin's play, Chin played well, still had, I mean, coming off the injury. We're just, you know, just making the argument play, that they had played. But also, you know? did, did Jeremy Chin, like, listen, I feel like Jeremy Chin today uh, it got his uh, first true welcome to the NFL game. Gronkowski. Yeah, went, went <laughs> yeah. wrong. Like, he, dude, he had some moments, uh, and, and not even just that. I felt there were some plays where he would, uh, he was taking bad angles to the football too, um, and, 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 and again, it, it's one of those things where when everyone's playing bad, it kind of has a domino effect and it spreads to everyone else around them. Um, and uh, again, man, listen, I wanted to mention this name because it keeps on popping out to me. Uh, Brevion Roy was mm-hmm. like a sixth round draft pick for us, and he was the guy that got in on that blocked punt. Uh, and so I, I just I keep on hearing his name. So I mean, I wanted to shout him out for doing some kind of good things. But yeah, listen, I mean, I don't know what to say to what Tony just said because I can say that at the end of every game that we do, well, we're playing with you know a bunch of no ones and a bunch of uh, guys who are having to play in their first year in the NFL. But at the end of the day, that doesn't you know that doesn't make up for them taking bad angles, and for them being overall just soft, man. Even on those run plays, Ronald Jones, dude, he would just put his shoulders down and barrel over our defensive backs. Like, they, they weren't playing with any plays. Again, half bums, half rookies. And but what do we expect when we go against the team that is really the most suited to win the Super Bowl this year? In theory, you should say that they have to be, in my mind, they have to be just because of what they've done so far this season. Yes, the Saints game puts a stain on it. But this is the best team, along with the Chiefs, in the NFL. What, you know, I mean, we expect the defense to get shredded. At least I do. I actually thought they put up a valiant first half in that cascading effect where. They were on the field a lot in the third, in the second half. On top of that, here let's go. Let's let's talk about a couple of good things they did. Is that they forced while the game was still in hand in the third quarter. Right, we were down at this point. We go down twenty six seventeen. We throw the pick. What do we do? The defense on a short field turns around, holds them to a field goal. Turnover on downs right away with the fake field goal, trying to get back in it quick, right? Because we were worried about falling too far behind, which is a real concern. Again, holds them on an eight-play drive to a field goal. That was, I mean, you got to give them some credit for that. No, I agree 100%. But but my, my, my biggest thing is, is, you know, we, we talk about, you know, we're playing with mop buckets and bolts here on defense. This is what the coaching staff in the front office set up, though. This is what they chose to sign. This is who they drafted. This is who they signed free agency. This is who they gave extensions to. This is what they put their faith in. So when do we give coaching? I, I think Phil Snow takes a big part of this, and a lot of the coaching takes a big mm-hmm. part of this because you talked about last year missed tackles being coaching fault. Well, we missed a lot of tackles today. And you can say we're playing with bums, but those are the bums that they put on the field. 
We didn't just but get a random a, car in a year that the, even the you know? team t- and t- I think the team intended to be bummish on defense this year and to create a new young defense, not like we did Maybe. with the offense where it was we wanted to be somewhat competitive. All right, now let's uh, – any other thoughts on this defense? Any other things that we need to consider? CK, gonna, I mean, I know – yeah, get back in there because you have a lot to say about Phil Snow. Yeah, I mean, I just – I agree. Obviously, there are – you've added pieces that just don't fit to the puzzle, right? With to rear – whatever, to hear right – white Tired. Um, yeah, tired white <laughs> Um And and even Pride Jr. has been – you know, he's he wasn't the starter. You know, we lost Dante Jackson again, which, by the way, just put that motherfucker on IR. Sorry for the cursing, but, like, at this point in time, put him on IR. It has not gotten better. Don't even like, – I don't even know if he would have been a help today, but, yeah, let, I know. Let it's other a, people get reps and then maybe go look for somebody to bring in. I, I don't know, but right now he, he's still not even getting in done when he is on the field. So, right now, put him on IR, let him heal up entirely, and then give him a good long look over the offseason and see what we need to do at that point in time. But right now, he is not the answer. It's not working. Troy Pride clearly doesn't know what he's doing. Um, he's had he, – he, it's just frustrating on that front. But the the expectation with Chin, and here's what I'm going to say. There are two players that I've seen on this on this defense that play with every ounce of effort that they possibly have, and that is Jeremy Chin, and that is Brian Burns. Every play, they do not take a step off. If the ball is not, if it's not blown dead, they are putting every effort into it. I mean, and, and, and if you look at this defense and you see that, like Jeremy Chen, he may have taken some bad angles, but man, he is the only person that's been in a position to do anything on a lot of these big plays because everybody else failed. You know, even with that that ninety eight yard return, right? Like Jeremy Chen had to huddle his hurdle over his enti- his own teammate. To start running, and he almost made that made that ground up. He just he, he you could tell he ran out of steam there. I just I, I think yes, he may have had some bad looks, and even that play against Rob Gronkowski, I get what he was trying to do. He was trying to get the ball out instead of tackling, and and that's that you can't do that against Gronkowski. He, Gronkowski, he's got the ball. Wrap the feet. Wrap the feet. Don't worry about anything else. Before but, um, before Chin, we go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. But Chin is absolutely uh, going to be the heart of this uh, this defense. I can live with that. I think I um, I, I I do think that this defense can be. Wait, wait, can I do it? Can I disagree with that real quick? Just with the last thing that you said, you said the heart of the defense. Let me tell you, I think the heart of the defense is Brian Motherfucking Burns. Did y'all see that man on the sideline? Yeah, yeah. Getting into the defense's ass. Like, man, that guy has developed such a nasty spin move, man. And I, he's, listen, he's a leader on and off the football field. That's why I say he's my favorite player. And listen, I love Jeremy Chen, too. And I think that we're like going forward it, the next 10 years, we intend Jeremy Chen to be our current gen version of Luke Kingsley. And I love that. Uh, but Brian Burns, man, he just has it. Uh, someone, uh, I think it was. He's Brad also Duke, in not, his third year. He's supposed to be coming into it, right? This is his third. Well, but he's also the only real genuine pass rush threat on our entire defensive line. This like, is, is it his second year? Every, is it his second year? Every, okay. 
Everyone's everyone's keying in on Brian Burns. Like they'll put two and three guys on. They were him tripling him today. Yeah, his, yeah his development a, a is, back. is very encouraging. His develop continued development. He is stepping into the shoes. How about this? Is do you think we're saying Brian Burns' name more, or Cle- or or is the Raiders fan saying Cleveland Farrell more? Farrell Burns, hundred percent. You know that would be an interesting thing. We need to ask some Ra- Raiders fans. How is T- turning out because I feel like they're kind of a similar player. What do you think? You well, agree with that? No, I mean they're similar from from the perspective of the position that they play. I think Brian Burns uh, is far more of a sack threat. Like he'll he'll bulk up on some uh, sacks. Clinton Farrell is. Uh, I think he's been more known for his time with the Raiders as a run defender. Okay. Um, he was a good pass rusher at Clemson, but. Uh, he's a stout run to run defender um, from did, everything I've seen of him. But did you I, guys today? Did you guys see? I mean, have you guys heard Derek Brown's name mentioned in the past three games? I don't even know his number is. I don't even. I don't hear. It's ninety. What's his is number? it ninety five or ninety two? Somewhere in there. Uh, ninety five. Other than his or whatever he had. You know, I didn't. I heard a lot of Kerr today, Brave Young Boy today, but I don't. Uh, you know, when when the runs. When the center cog isn't called a lot, you know we didn't hear his name with a penalty today. That was good news. Um, That's true. Yeah, okay. I think this, and then, and we'll turn to the offense next. But my point, uh, my thoughts about the defense before we start overly being concerned about Phil Snow just yet, and really just saying how bad this defense is. Yes, it's supposed to be bad. It's been a work in progress. It's gotten better each game, and it was playing pretty damn well until it just fizzled out. Like, it just got bludgeoned too much by the end of the game. Until people figured out what we were doing. Yeah, and there's just too many weapons on there. We can't can't stop three pro bowlers every play on that, and then you turn around. How many third... How many third and longs did we have? I don't care how bad your defense is. You know how the odds of a third and nineteen being uh, converted. Right. You know right. how many okay, times that's we have one play. That was year? one play, no, and I that has been all year. I, no, I, I the agree. third and nineteen yeah, though is this today. You're, I mean, yes, you could say we've had some issues with that, but that one play today kind of just te- that and that run play make this game look like the defense was a big piece of shit the whole game. And I just think that that is not fully the case. On time of that, my last point that I want to make is I think this defense can be fixed quickly by in the next year or two. I think if you yeah, give yeah, I think if you both. give uh Brian Burns a real like a co- like tag team somebody to take attention you go and get somebody in free agency there you may be you're going to have to do it through free agency and the draft but i think if you can add um one linebacker one defensive end and one corner this defense shoots up a lot still problems at the safety position how will ever fix the safety position in the wake of Mike Mentor? I don't know. Now we turn the table to the offense. The Panthers, um, and let's keep this brief and then we'll get to the calls because I'm sure that they will talk, uh, guide us in our discussion. I tweeted yeah, this out after the first qu- quarter or whatever. That DJ Moore touchdown. 
This is when I, I said Joe Brady's just showing off at this point. We were looking good offensively mm-hmm. against a very, very good Bucks defense. And the fact that we cannot we could not run the ball today is no surprise. The Bucks always hold they have the probably the best run defense in the entire league. Curtis Samuel, though, looked like he was going to show out in this game and then disappearing act in the second half, and it really was Teddy Bridgewater disappearing. You know, you were excited in that first half, though. DJ Moore, four catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown, almost making it like 130 yards if that catch would have not been overturned. We were really and, – and then, I mean, you got some contributions from this kid. I don't know, Trenton Cannon, whoever that guy is, out there running back on special teams. I thought what this Panther Cooper? That's a great question. He must be, like, on the COVID list or hurt or something because yeah, yeah. he was missing in action. But this Panthers offense that looked like it was ready to contend and happily playing ahead of the sticks like we know that they need to do. Even Teddy was pushing the ball down the field more through the moon ball, right? Mm-hmm. The ball that touched – I mean, it did touch the dang moon. and then, But it landed – I mean, if you catch it, if it gets it done, you get it done. He was a little more downfield aggressive, it felt like, early. And then all of a sudden, it fizzled. They stopped. Yeah, they and That's I'm pretty sure they everybody stopped. wants to say this. It was the offensive line that was the problem. But what yeah, are you guys? The same offensive line in the first half. You know, same exact offensive line in the first half. So if you can put up those numbers in the first half, I don't want to hear excuses in the second half. I here's the th- here's the thing, and this is what I was saying until that injury that he got sacked on. That was the only sack he had the entire game. Like that was it. That was his only sack he took. Right. I don't care who you are as a quarterback. If you are considered elite, you get the ball where it needs. Like, let's look at Brian Burns, how quickly he gets to the quarterback, but he doesn't get home. And you know why that is? It's because these these uh, quarterbacks that we've been facing know how to get the ball to the receiver and which receiver they're going to because they've read the coverage. Teddy has not – like, he just doesn't have confidence in what he's doing, it looks like. Like, his confidence in his arm is not there because otherwise, even that, you know – when we were going, we were down for a bit, and he still threw the two-yard check down, the five-yard check. That second half, right? He in, he in had the first, second quarter yeah. into the first half, like right there at the end. Like he's not pushing the ball, and that's the problem. Is that like he isn't even making an effort, like even when he is getting pressured mm-hmm. to do anything else. Yeah, listen, my man Teddy Bridgewater is having a career year from behind the line of scrimmage, dude. Gotta love it, man. Shout out to him by any means necessary. Look, listen, uh, defenses know how to clamp down on us. Like They'll put up with our bullshit for a little while, and then they're tired of the dinking and dunking, and they know how to adjust, and then they make us have to throw the football on third and long, which makes Bridgewater have to connect on a miraculous play to DJ Moore downfield. And who knows if DJ is going to come up with it or not. So, I mean, at this point, I really don't know uh, a, a whole lot of, what else to say? I think when Mike Davis was in, he ran well like he always does. Uh, then he had an injury. But listen, I'm, this offense is limited. Just like Tony was saying, you know, what do you expect playing a defense that has so many pro bowlers and one of the best quarterbacks to ever play football? Like, what do you reasonably expect from this defense? 
Well, now I'm saying the exact same thing of this offense. We know what they are. They're incrementally moving the football down the field with receivers that are yards after the catch receivers making plays in space with the ball in their hand. Once that plan goes out the window, we are one of the most limited teams in the NFL. I don't care how good you think Teddy Bridgewater is. Like We have no other options. He, we have no aggression to our offense. And by the way, it doesn't matter who you want to put the blame on. If you want to put the blame on Teddy Bridgewater, great. I don't like him as a franchise quarterback either. You want to put it on the offensive line? Fine. Blame it on a football team that hasn't put premium offensive line talent outside the Taylor Moten on this football team in what, uh, over five years now? Come on. I mean, it, it's a problem all the way around. We have right. piss this... poor offensive line, and we have a piss poor quarterback right now. I th- I want to address oh, this oh, comment. Yeah. Lee Trotter says, "Sorry, but if you don't think our O line is a problem, you clearly don't know shit about the Panthers." First, I, I think that <laughs> um, I think that saying knowing that the Panthers' offensive line has always been a weakness is like par for course, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say the offensive line is one that should is you you're supposed to be winning winning with like all the time. I just think it's easy to say that the reason that we don't have offensive success is because the offensive line is just shit. And yeah, I mean like they're going against a team with a lot of pass rushers that are supposed to get after you. I just don't think they're as bad as people have like, Oh my God, like there was no chance for Teddy today. I saw plenty of opportunities for Teddy and you know what? He capitalized on him in the first half for, for a mm-hmm. large degree. Can Is that I, like can how I do much time does like? he fucking need? A which I do understand. Look, I'm not trying to say they're good. I just don't think you can be like, well, man, if we had an offensive line, this game would have been won. I think <coughs> there are problems at many levels on this team: defense, offensive line, um, potentially some other things that we can uh, we'll, we'll debate about. Um, but that's kind of how I feel about it is like, again, did you expect for them to come out and be fantastic? I was really just not surprised by the outcome of this game. I don't think. Hey, here's my question, Cody, cause you're going to be the one to answer this. How long has it been since uh, Deshaun Watson had an offensive line? Um, <laughs> never. Uh, never yeah, had one since he was maybe, at Clemson. Maybe. Maybe Clemson, when he was yeah. a Clemson Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Was, okay. Yeah. So let's take that same equation. He okay. had star playmakers in Will Fuller and uh and uh DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, sorry. Um and guess what? He had a horrible offensive line, but he was still getting those guys the ball down the field. Yeah. And making and I, plays. And one of the worst offensive with one of the worst offensive lines, and guess how many times that guy like you can go back and watch his highlights when they are down, that guy puts that entire team on his back and he gets that ball where it needs to be for his receivers. Mm-hmm. That is the difference. Yeah. That is what you're saying. Like that's what I'm talking about. When you're talking about a franchise quarterback, you can sit there and you can actually compare. The Houston Texans are having a down year this year because guess what? They have no offense whatsoever. Yeah. They have yeah. They have nobody to throw the ball to. We have one of the best wide receiver cores in the NFL, and that is largely regarded around the NFL by most everyone. And then we have 
Mike Davis and Christian McCaffrey, even when Christian McCaffrey was in the lineup last week, he still wasn't doing enough to push the ball down the field. We were facing two good teams today, right? We were. And and listen, at the end of the day, it's not a bad thing that we lost in that respect because we were facing some of the best of the best, right? It's It can go any way with any of these. The problem is how we lost and the fact that there was still no change to how Teddy Bridgewater played his game. Mm-hmm. And, and Tony, can I throw uh, all, all the Bridgewater people a bone real quick? Listen. Oh, yeah, I, they're, was, they're I, here in the – in the chat room talking about how we can win with Teddy with a better offensive line. Let me, let me throw him a bone real quick. Okay. Is okay. If we're ranking them, is Teddy the biggest problem with this football team? No, no, not, not at, at all. all. Not at and all. No one I has ever said that. Yeah. All, all right. All I am, all I am saying, and all I feel that we are saying is that the quarterback is the most important position in football if you don't have a dude then even though teddy bridgewater might not be the main reason you lose a game he's never going to be the reason that you Mm -hmm. win the game and therefore consistently and therefore it actually is the biggest problem that you have on your football team that's why i'm i'm going to continue to pound the table that in the offseason or during the draft however it happens we have to secure a franchise quarterback. It mm. must be mission numero uno. Yeah. All well, right. So know, people are asking me point. this. They're asking me, that, did I do whip it during the game? Is that, um, first <laughs> of all, we don't have the worst offensive line in the league. Cincinnati has the absolute worst offensive line in the league. And I would argue yeah, that Houston is right behind them. My next right. point is this, is what yeah. did you, going into this season or even three games ago, how about this? Is that has this offensive line been really playing far below your expectations that it was supposed to be at no. this moment? No. Cody has said it is that we have not invested a lot in it, right? We're not playing with Russell. Yeah, there's a ton of disappointments on that offensive line. I'm just surprised. This is that you're trying to tell me this offensive line is so shitty, and we only and they only gave and the, there was only one sack today. I would just expect that this offensive line would be giving up nine sacks. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I want to give them – I don't want to – I mean, I don't think that the collective fa- – I am not surprised by the outcome of this game. I didn't think we should have won it to start with. We, we were going to win it. I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised we were damn – coming out there and just like doing the things we punched them in the face i felt like this i felt like it was a boxing match where you have a superior fighter the champ not the champ but just say the guy who is just like the dude that's supposed to win the match and this other guy comes out and fights well in the first round Mm. fights well in the second round fights well a little bit into the third and you're like man but at the same time you got six more rounds to go or seven more rounds to go. And I just right. don't know if you can consist right now. We're just not a team that's at that point. So, no. right. And I no mean, I think we have to be right. So when I say that, is that like, no, it's not. I don't think that we are one piece away, folks. Mm. And but that's what that people who say that offensive line is trash, we would be better. This would have been better. No, we gave up a couple of big plays. We're playing ahead of schedule this season, folks. 
Uh, and also, uh, Darius said, "Get uh, to the calls." He's tired of. Uh, I want to I'm ask one question for you. Well, and, and he then, must have called. Uh, okay, well, hold on. So we don't necessarily have to answer it right now, but I want us to be thinking about it and answer it at some point because we did get a good question in our chat room. Alex Christmas said, "C3 crew, do y'all think it's possible slash good idea to sign 10, 11, 12, Samuel Anderson and more and Taylor Moten?" I know the trade the trade values with the wide receivers, but I think we should keep this trio if possible to build around. Um, yeah, we I think you're going to keep two or three. Have- yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and get to the calls. Keep that in mind, though. My answer, initial answer, two out of three, ain't bad. So, what are your thoughts on yeah. cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty. Sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So, how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good, like. Yo, y'all need to put respect on Marty Herney. He is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. First round pick. <laughs> and don't you ever dare say that Gamble is not a good pick on everything I love. Hey, you don't put some put some respect on Dennis Daly, who is a six-round pick, though I swear, man, fucking. And then, by the way, Patrick this is a response Stewart takes to care of all the other picks two through seven from now on. All, all we need is Herney to do his first-round goatness, and then and then Stewart does the rest. That's why our draft to twenty twenty was so perfect. Follows up QTZ right here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been a while, guys. To listen to the podcast, but. I think I will tune in today to see who we put the blame on for this one. Uh, I'd like to just start off by saying that the human reggae poster, Trey Bosk, needs to find a new fucking career path, bro. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah, he's think getting worse as the season goes. I agree with that. Tackle Tony after trying to drink away this loss, dude. <laughs> the guy's fucking garbage. <laughs> Without Dante Jackson, our whole secondary just looks like ass and titties. Even with him. Jeremy Chen is the best player on it. Fucking Troy Tide is so overmatched by NFL receivers that it's not even fucking half amusing, dude. Trey Boston needs to fucking go. He's not the answer for this team at all. He's absolute fucking trash. If you guys put this on fucking... Teddy Bridgewater or the offense in any way, I'm going to fucking flip shit, dude. They went <laughs> fucking 75%, 80% on third down against our defense. They put up 40 points on us after not even scoring a touchdown last week. You're fucking delusional. Absolutely fucking delusional if you think this has anything to do with the offensive side of the ball. Oh, please let me take it. Oh, yeah, it's not like you have to play play here. Please let me take it. Please let me know. Have to be delusional. So, can can I comment on that real quick? Go ahead, dude. I can't. Dude, you are 100% correct. 80% on third down, allowing that defense is absolutely ridiculous. You know what else is ridiculous? One for eight on third down for Carolina. Boom. That's ridiculous, too. You've got to play offense to win the game. I'm not blaming just the offense, but I'm also not blaming just the defense. You're crazy if you think the offense didn't have some part in this loss, too. But you've got to also agree that the the offense 
had a big like you know to and not to let the defense out of the out of off the hook here but and I'm on your side here Greg by the way yeah what I'm saying is if the offense can't stay on the field which they didn't that last the the second half mm-hmm. they didn't we only got ball only reason we did anything the second half was because of an incredible kick return mm-hmm. you know that's it but when you can't stay on the field and give your defense a rest they are going to get gassed exactly 100% Troy Pride, that that run trying to catch Ronald, you know Ronald Jones, absolutely, he's going to be exhausted after that. There's only so much uh, Brian Burns can try to get to the quarterback, but you know as many times as they have to, and, and until frustration sets in. So you've got to keep in mind that as much as the defense did not hold their weight today, the offense contributed to that yeah, as well by not getting on, get, keeping on the field. It's called complimentary football. Your mm-hmm. defense helps your offense, and your offense helps your defense. And right. listen, just a few minutes ago, we said that Taylor Bridgewater might not be the biggest problem on this football team. In fact, he definitely isn't. But for everyone trying to defend him, stop fucking pretending like he isn't a problem now. We're not saying he's the biggest, but stop admitting that he isn't a problem. He limits and- he limits our offense in what's available to us. We cannot effectively threaten every level of the football field. And like Tony mentioned during the debate we did, all of our receivers run a low 4-4 or under. So it's like there's no – like he's been able to extend plays with his feet, move around a little bit. And how about this? This goes to Joe Brady as well. If you know that the pass rush is getting home and you don't have good protection – why not roll Teddy Bridgewater out? Give him some bootleg plays. Let him roll out of the pocket. Let's move our mobile players around. And, and There's also the one other giant weakness I think that we are underestimating too is I know, like, look, is that I'm not, I don't care. I don't give a fuck what y'all think, actually. I do. I care about all the people in chat so much. Smash the thumbs button. Thumbs up. Call in 252-228-5098. I actually do want to take your opinions and I appreciate them. But really, again, one other thing we saw today that has been a continued problem for the Carolina Panthers. And yes, is it part on the offensive line? Certainly. But I think it's also part on just team play entirely. We just, and coaching as well, we have not done well against the Blitz. And today, Todd Bowles sent the Blitz. And we struggled with it again. And yes, is it the offensive line's job to to figure these things out? and to Right? Certainly. But it's also, it's not just like as easy to say, this player sucked by himself. This player sucked. I thought that situationally there were times we did, we've we played pretty well. We're okay as an offensive line. We have continued. I said it last week. I'll continue to say it. Is that when, when the team blitz, we struggle. Everybody on the team. And I don't know. Is that running back that's supposed to pick up that? Who's supposed to identify it? Is the center supposed to be doing a better job? There's a lot of moving parts out there. That's my point, and I do understand that the defense gave up some big plays today. Um, again, what do we expect, though? Really, is this game? I mean, it just kind of turned on a dime for us. It is that that um, that run and then the interception? So both people lent towards both sides of the ball 
lent towards the cascading loss for the Carolina Panthers. And the idea that we have to blame or we should be blaming this loss on someone really, to me, suggests that those people who are saying those words have heightened expectations for this team that I don't know should have been there. Is that like, do you blame anybody for losing against the team that is was superior today? I don't really, I mean, like, it's kind of hard. I yeah, know. blame an inferior team. But losing like we did is the problem. Isn't that a loser mentality, though? Don't you feel like you can go out there and win every game? You want to root for a team that you feel like I you can go beat Mike Tyson up, though. I mean, I maintain if fans have a little bit of patience and see the forest through the trees, this is the best thing that could happen. I feel so much better. And I don't care if people hate me or get mad that I turn heel. What fucking ever, man. If we lose every single game the rest of this season, that is my dream scenario for this year. And I'm not going to want to fire Rule or Brady or whoever. I understand that this is a rebuild year. And I'm going to be a fan of this team for years down the road. So in order for us to have a good next five, ten years, I'm okay with this being the one where we rebuild. I can't really judge the coaches. The coaches are doing the best with what, with, with what they have. I think it's fair to put the blame on them when they don't deliver, which is what Greg wants to do. And I think it's fair what Tony and I do whenever they you know, make it a competitive contest with the Super Bowl champion Chiefs that we should also give them credit for that performance. Either way, I believe in what they're building for the future, and I think our team has a lot of heart. Uh, We're just missing a few pieces. If the Carolina Panthers went out and won this game today and moved to 4-6, and and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fell to 6-4 and with two losses, one where there was a blowout and one, say, they let slip through their hands... Are we really going to be talking about how the Panthers are about to try to make a run for the playoffs and into the Super Bowl? Or are we more Ooh. talking about the Bucks being a fucking disaster at that point? I think it's yeah. the latter, and I think that this was the outcome. I mean, I like, I, I'm just not like taken aback by yeah. any of it. They're supposed to have better everything at this point. They're supposed, it's supposed to be like this. In fact, I think the fact that we played those first two quarters as hard and close we did, and even into on the defense on the third, our offense shuts down in the third quarter every mm-hmm. week, and our defense ain't much better. It seems like. Let's go to back to the calls two five two. Oh, hey, two, hey, two, hey, eight, real, real quick. Hey, he's all right. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. He already asked me two times. Let me answer Alex. Alex Christmas, because he wants to know my thoughts on his previous question, and I, I think it is a good question. He wants to keep Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. And this is my honest thing. Uh, I believe that you build championship football teams from the inside out. So we have no bigger priority. If you're asking me, which you are, uh, then sign in Taylor Moten. In fact, it should have already been done. Um, As far as receivers, look at how many receivers come out in the draft uh, every year that go in the third and fourth round that are just balling. Look at uh, Chase Claypool for the Steelers right now. They they, they picked him up in like the third or fourth round. Uh, I I would prefer that if we're going to pay a receiver that we should pay DJ more. And I maintain that if we're not going to keep everyone, 
then uh, we should have taken the opportunity to trade Curtis Samuel while there was, one, a receiver market, <laughs> and number two, uh, while you had the opportunity to get something for him to build for your future draft. So would I like for that set to be together for a while? Absolutely. I think those receivers are dynamic. Um, I think that we missed their time because we never got them a consistent quarterback to be able to do all of those things. So I, I do not uh, want to pay all those receivers and I think we have yeah, to. Yeah, I think DJ is the cheaper option right now for one more year, and then you're asking, do we even keep him? You know, is uh, some yeah. people will be asking that. Shout out to Theo Osborne for the super chat. He says, I don't know how many weeks in a row I can point out our front seven being a problem. No leaders on defense, and I'm ready to die on the hill. Why did we draft Derek Brown? Wow, um, and you know, I mean, I, it's not an illegitimate thing to point out particularly with the front seven just not being it and i think i'm kind of leaning with ck on this that the real weakness is even it's just in that linebacker core that's kind of how i feel like our i mean you saw what the two best linebackers in the league did today and that's why they shut down the run you know, it's not just their front four that's killing the run. It's because they got a front four that plays assignment football and getting pressure, winning their battles because they're, you know, they got Shaq Barrett. They've got they've got a lot of people. They got JPP having a great year. But then they got two badass fucking linebackers that bear down on you. <laughs> yeah. We don't have that. I mean, we have yeah. one linebacker in Shaq that – at times we think can be okay against a run or I don't know. And then we got another one that just looks like a damn idiot out there. And I'm sorry. I hate to say that about people because I don't play professional football and you can say, well, you don't, but I don't know what tired whitehead is doing. Like every time they run the ball, he just (laughs) randomly picks a side of the line and just runs right into the ass of one of our defensive tackles. Time. Like, oh it doesn't God. make any sense. It's like, oh, he doesn't even look at the can, damn running back. Dude, I get I speak, so frustrated can, watching him play. Can I speak about Derek Brown for a minute? Yes, please. Listen, people want to be like, oh, Cody, you wanted Isaiah Simmons, and he can't even crack the rotation in there. Fine, dude, whatever. But if you listen to the reasons why I said I didn't want Derek Brown, it's for this very reason right here. Listen. Derek Brown is a nose tackle, y'all. I'll say it again. Derek Brown is a nose tackle. If you're expecting him to be in the backfield on every play, getting sacks, blowing it up like Aaron Donald, like you're just mistaken, and it means that you never knew what kind of player Derek Brown actually is. He was not a three-tech pass rusher like a lot of people wanted. His primary function from now and moving forward, will be a space eater to eat up double teams in the middle of the trenches. That's all he will ever be. I don't value that with a top 10 pick. That's why I disagreed with Derek Brown at the time. But, you know, he's ours now. He's our first-round pick. And I do think that he is a very important piece for our defense to build around going forward. But you all have to manage your expectations and what you want from Brown. I that's I like that that uh that take because 
it's not that he's he's doing a bad job or a poor job, right? You know, sometimes not hearing a defensive tackle's name isn't a bad thing. You know, we we get frustrated because he does have these, you know, penalties that come up, uh, encroachment or, you know, whatever, you know, else he's had over the past few weeks. But not hearing his name isn't the end of the world. Um, but here's what I'll also say, guys. Keep in mind that for every you – know, there's – there is a a ripple effect to if we did not pick uh, Derek Brown. Let's say we picked Isaiah Simmons, and we're having the same issue that Car- the Cardinals are having of being able to even justify putting them into the game, right? Well, guess what? We wouldn't have picked Chin. Now we wouldn't have Chin back there. Now we would have had, uh, and we would have given up got- four hundred yards rushing today. Maybe our linebackers would have been better. Yeah. Like, listen, how, we're doing the whole what, not, what if my aunt, No. What, what, no, what if my no, aunt, our aunt, linebackers uh, would not be what better saying, if we dra- – dra- Oh, you mean if we got Isaiah – Okay, I see what you're saying. I was like, guys. Yeah, like, yeah. But but what I'm saying is that that maybe our situation is better now, right? I agree. Because I, I we think did so. Brown. I think – Why we, do you we, think Brian Burns is having a good year? I don't starters think on our defense right now because of this draft, right? Let's, yeah. let's, let's put that in perspective. The Cardinals don't have that. And that's why I would say easy on the Troy Pride stuff is like he really not supposed to be playing. I know that you got to play when your numbers out there. Anyway, let's go back to calls two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. P three Panther Nation, it's your boy Jaden. Uh, I've been quiet and positive enough. Uh, I love what I'm seeing from Matt Rule and I don't mind what I'm seeing from Brady even with the battle line. I love what I'm seeing from Chase Blackburn, but Phil Snow, dude, this. Three man front shit has got to go. You yep. doing three man fronts on third and three and getting burned. Three man front on third and nineteen and getting fucking burned. Like that play was the worst. You have everybody in zone coverage and the underneath zone coverage is at twenty yards deep on third and nineteen. Just giving up all the intermediate throws and all, if you give up an intermediate throw, it's only like another nine yards and you get the first down, and the first defense that's even close doesn't get to the guy until almost five yards from the first down, and then there's finally someone there. That's atrocious. The defense was looking horrible. I know Dante's out or whatever, but that's been the case all year. You can't expect Troy Pride to cover any of these receivers mm-hmm. or Elder. Neither one of them are good enough. I don't knock Pride at all. He's a fourth rounder. He's learning. Shit, we can barely. We should be thankful that. Rasul is not Trey even Boston getting toasted more than he was. Jack had a few decent plays, and the rest he looked god awful on his on on his run defense. He is just horrible. He he takes bad angles. He waits for the play to come to him. I mean, it's just it's atrocious. And the Phil Snow, dude, the the three man front is god awful and's got to go. You've got to send fucking blitzes. You just have to. You don't. You're playing eight back and you can't even stop with that. I mean, it's not more bodies back there is not going to help. I just the defensive scheme altogether. I don't think having better players will help it. It's it's a bad scheme. I, huh. I don't see how this. I don't think he's going to do that if he had two defensive ends that could do something. And I tried to look at it different, but it's straight scheme wrong. It's bad. That soft zone, putting eight back in coverage and rushing three, you're not. It's just horrible. And I knew that 98 yarder. I didn't know it was going to be a 98 yard touchdown, but I knew we were going to give up the first down and let him out of there with a run play, knowing it's coming. Uh, There's another play where it was fourth and three. They put Trey Boston all the way back, like almost like a power turner. 
on fourth and three. It's all about numbers. You can't make the numbers game worse by putting him deep. It made absolutely no fucking sense. I mean, they did a quick little slant, but if they'd have ran it, we already took one guy out of the whole play. And even for the slants, I mean, if he hadn't got tripped up, we Michael, know Arians can be aggressive. Barely though. gets tripped up. I don't know. And Trey Boston, who was way back in coverage, probably wouldn't have got there in time to stop him for the touchdown. It's just horrible calling. I don't like our corners being eight yards off the ball either. Well, welcome to Panther Nation. One, they've been eight <laughs> yards off the damn ball for the last ten years. But here, guys, we're we're talking about the scheme, right? As being this handicap. How many players on this defense played on this team last year? Three? No. Well, can, can we say this first? Not a lot. Yeah. Like, can we say like we we all agree on this feel. Like, okay, we're all hoping that we're correct in our assessment that we're only playing that because we just don't have better personnel and we essentially feel like we have no choice. That's been my best guess. But let's just run with this notion that, like, this is going to be something that Phil Snow wants to do and wants to continue to do. Then, yeah, we're in complete agreements. That's some Big 12-level college football bullshit. Like, I think it has its place. But you have to have some bad boys in your trenches in order to be able to consistently win just rushing three and dropping eight back into coverage. So, you know, we kind of give this excuse for them that it's on our 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 talent. And God, I hope it is. Like I it hope is. That that is it is. It is. Have confidence in that statement. You already heard CK say, look at how many times we got burnt for big plays. Right, yeah. is that the idea is that it's third and 19. I I don't know. I know that we're going to say that you don't like the play call, but I don't like the execution by the players. Like, how the fuck aren't y'all quicker to the ball? Why aren't you more aware of the situation? And I'm not, again, we don't know the difference. Like, there's a line. It's like a sliding scale between coacher, coaches mm-hmm. and players, like but, where it yeah. was. I'm interested to see this is tell me who our other defensive end is. How about that? If we can run out there, who is it? So what? Well, all right. So you're talking about a rookie coming off an injury, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. I mean, is that like the we're talking about gross Matos and Obata? That's it. A rookie who's barely played. The only sack today. <laughs> I just yeah. don't think it's like, man, like you really put this player on the sideline who I don't know. No, I, 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 I want to think a lot about I, I think our defense today was uh, um the stat sheet. I mean, yes, uh, they were a problem. They were a big fucking problem. But I don't know else like did you expect Mike Evans to not eat a big fucking dinner right in front of you? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do against Mike Evans? Well, who? Who? Oh, man. Like, I mean, like, what? Russell Douglas can't do shit, and we got Trey Boston. Come on. I, I, I agree with you, Tony, but once again, like, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand that line, that sliding scale, like you're talking about. Like, for me, it, it just blows my mind how, in one hand, people can say. it can't be either well, this, or. That's what I mean by that. It can't be players yeah. only and coaches only. It's a little of exactly. both. And it has I don't to know. Be both. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when it crosses over, you know what I'm saying, to where you could say mm-hmm. that was coaching or that was, you know, that gray area. 
where it's well, well, but if it's when it gets to the argument of the players lacking talent, that has to be oh. coaching, right? I've been telling be. you, bums and, and, and rookies. You're the guys who put them bums there. Bums okay, and so rookies. Like, hold up. The, uh, in our chat, the, the Dakota adds to this. Okay. He goes, interesting note from Matt Rule earlier. The Ronald Jones 98-yard touchdown was the same play Leonard Fournette burned the Panthers for 46 yards in week two. So it was the same play, and they knew it. And then uh, uh, Russell Douglas said, we knew what play they were running. Shaq only screamed it out like 30 times. So apparently they knew the play was coming. They expected that play. Uh, so they practiced for that play. And, and to hear was, Whitehead uh, still did uh, And it's two uh, people. Uh, it's two uh, people. It's tired Whitehead eight, and no. the Rastafarian Trey Boston. Both no, were problems man. there. Both were problems. You can't tell me that tired Whitehead gets to randomly throw pick a side of the line he just wants to run into without even caring if the ball's there. He doesn't even look for a defender. He just, like, runs into his own players. And then that's the same side that Trey Boston is leaning to? Why? Y'all see he's wearing that C on his jersey, too? Mm. Whitehead? All right. Uh, here, let's go to the next call. Also, I just want to add one more thing, or ask one more thing, rather. Can we quit pretending that this offensive line that failed Cam Newton the last three years and put him through how many surgeries and fucking season-ending injuries is good enough for Bridgewater to stand behind? Like, it's I, not. I just no, no it's not. Literally fucking blindsided. Without Okung on the left side, we are fucking butt. We are butt on the left side. Hey, and... Bailey can't do it. Little okay. can't do it. All right. We get blown up on the weak side every single time. True, true. Look, is that really, if anything, I feel like what we saw is over the last couple of weeks that this, and I asked Joe Person this in the athletic Q&A, I think is that given the fact that we have been up and down on Greg Little, right, and most mostly down, right, but there's been a couple of times where you say, man, he really came in this season He's playing a little bit better. You know, they've they've highlighted on on some different plays this season when he came in. He had a bad game, but then he responded the next week. We thought he got benched, and then he responded ahead of a good game. And then he's disappeared. I think that implies something about the evaluation of our coaching staff on Little. And I think they're moving on from him. I think that's the first statement. The second statement is this, is that the sacks, Teddy Teddy is great with getting the ball away quick, but there are a couple of times where he holds on. I wouldn't say holds on to it, but those sacks, too, that he's taken, like he just thinks he can continue to maneuver the pocket entirely. Um, What do you expect? What do you expect with, like, a damn six-round pick at left tackle? Or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It, it sucks. It sucks, man. And it, again, like, I don't care if people think I toot my own horn, dude. I do. I toot toot my own fucking horn, bro. In my draft process, when I graded Greg Little, I didn't like him. I didn't think he was a franchise left tackle. I thought he was soft. And then, of course, Marty Herndon trades up into the second round to pick him. Uh, in fact, there's something funny. Our former uh, assistant GM, Brandon Bean, there's a clip of him 
in the Buffalo Bills uh, war room, uh, the Panthers moved ahead of the Buffalo Bills. They thought we were going to draft Cody Ford. That's the tackle that they wanted. And they saw us move up and they're like, fuck, there goes Cody Ford. And then when they they moved up in front of us and got Cody Ford. No, you are wrong. And you're ruining my story. (laughs) (laughs) Greg Little, they moved up. So then the Panthers. Was it the year before then? What was the the year before that they jumped in in front of us and then we got Moten? No, that yeah, that, that was for Moten. But the Panthers moved up for Greg Little. And it shows Brandon Bean and, and the other guys that's around him. It shows their face. When they read off Greg Little, they're like, oh, hell yeah, man. Fucking And you were high on face. Cody Ford back then, too. I remember. Oh, uh, uh, dude, he, he's such a beast. And the uh, by the way, uh, he is a badass for the Buffalo Bills right now. So it's like... Bro, we have to get rid of Marty Herney, man. I don't care if I have to say it every episode from now until the fucking day that he's gone. I'm on the hill with him just like I was with, with uh, old Riverboat, man. It's right. time for him to go. Next call. It's fourth and nine. PJ Walker's in. Let's witness the Walker wonder. <laughs> oh, man. Never mind. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh... It's happening in real time, y'all. You know that when P.J. Walker had that and they were like, man, he's really got to learn in the NFL defensive players uh, have whatever. You heard the commentators say that. P.J. was putting on moves, bro. He he was so close to getting away from that, man. Uh, so he put – they said this. He was like, damn, he pulled out everything in the kitchen cabinet there. He was he, juking he, and jiving, trying to stay alive. All right, next call. He's going on right three nations. So boy Jay Anderson. Yeah. Man, I'm so Bro, glad man. I had no emotions for this season. I glad I just, you know, took all my emotions for this team out for this season. I'm just watching, you know, just watching this just to watch. I didn't have you know, I didn't this is the first time I had no emotions for the, for a season since two thousand eleven. But mm. then, you know Yeah. <laughs> with Cam Newton playing, with Cam Newton and the squad playing so good, you know, the motion just comes up. But anyway, yeah. man, it's, you know, give it to them. They put, I mean, they played good. They played good in the first quarter and somewhat in the second half. But after that whole not clocking the not clocking the um ball after the catch, I don't care if he caught it or not. You, as a quarterback and as a coach, man, you going I mean. You don't have to be in the NFL long to know that you got have to you have to clock that you know you have to clock after that yeah man catch, man or mm-hmm. uh, non catch you know college you know college high school and I mean coaches teach teach quarterbacks that and quarterbacks should know Teddy been in the league for a long time to know you have to clock that you know you have to go and clock that ball um, situational football um of course you know. Whitehead trash. I mean, missing out on that. I mean, he missed that. He missed that tackle. He went into when that dude um scored that ninety-eight yard touchdown. It was like he went into the pile. I'm like, dude, like he just he just got off. Um, third quarter, it just it just really got out of hand. And, you know you. You know, at the times, man, like anybody, you know, you can't blame the offensive line 
I know everybody used to want to blame the offensive line. You can't blame the offensive line. The offensive line tried to do everything they do. Teddy threw that interception, you know, and it wasn't the offensive line fault, you know. You know, he, I mean, it is what it is. But, you know, hey, just waiting for the season to be over with. All right, y'all be easy. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Jay. Real quick in the chat, J Dub says, "How could they clock it when there was a defensive penalty for delay or a defensive penalty for delay a game?" Yeah, yeah, defense because the guy was laying on top of DJ. Moore oh, that's a good point. That's I mean, they, point. I mean, they could have granted the line and as soon as it was set up and clock it because I mean they got the line and then I think the frustration call timeout. I think the or, frustration is that they took so long at the line to call to actually hike the that, ball. That's yeah, they, could, that, that's they, yeah, they didn't have to spike it. They didn't just and, want to play exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. But that that okay, that's called situational football. That in a given moment, if A happens, we know to do B. Okay, so if there's a contested play like that, and one, you know that you're the opposing offense, you're you're facing Tampa, like what Tony said earlier. We have a lot that our defense has to go up against. So the minute you make a play like that and you're driving, trying to beat the clock anyway, like why aren't you hurrying the fuck up? And by the way, all of that blame goes uh, evenly to both the coaches and Teddy Bridgewater. Our coaches should have known and should have been signaling for Teddy to hurry up and Teddy should have known and to hurry have, up I mean, in that not scenario. Even blame too, is that it would have just been great if they didn't overturn it. I thought that they went. I, I think thought, they were going to. I didn't think so either. I thought it was yeah. like I thought it was. Uh, you it, could tell it should nah, be did, overturned, did, did, but I didn't feel did, like did. it was clear and obvious. You know how so much they need to see. I thought there was enough hiddenness to it. Never leave it in the hands of the referees. Ted, you should have known better. He should have caught it. He should have caught it. I know, but still, I mean, like, it was a good, it was tough catch, tough, all of that. I mean, he was like, all right, next call. Okay, it looks like Tampa is in the victory formation. Don't think we're going to see any more of P.J. Walker. I just want to let you know this is this J.J. of the P.J. Walker fan club. Uh-oh. All right. I don't think Teddy's coming back next week, at least not for this week. That knee injury looked a little bad. And so we will be able to experience a full game of the great P.J. Walker. Or Will Greer. Witness <laughs> the Walker wonder. It's about to happen. The future yeah. is next. I like it. I like it. You guys forget. I mean, they, oh, they yeah, have one seen more a few thing, Will Greer could very well be the starter next week. Ah, dude, and you know what? I hate so but bad. Why Will Greer though? Why would they put PJ Walker in the last two times? They've been alternating. If they're gonna, they've been alternating. They, like either PJ Walker's been inactive or Will Greer's been inactive. One of the yeah, two. but okay, I guess that makes sense because I've never seen Will Greer come in. I've seen PJ Walker come in twice now. Yeah, every time but, that so. Eddie's gone down, PJ's been the has been the active guy. We're all cheering for PJ. Say. We all want an XFLer to come in and be the next. We're all looking for the next Kurt Warner. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. We're not though. And can I just say we're playing the Lions and the Vikings? It man, it it hurts because like. Dude, I wouldn't say either of those are particularly good football teams. Like, dude, what if my man JJ gets his wish 
and PJ Walker does come in and just start fucking throwing dots around the football field, man. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna happen. He you know the problem good, though, bro. if he does uh, that, you know the cool. problem. I mean, I'm rooting for would, him, but like. They would still put Teddy Bridgewater back in, even if uh, we were having an incredible start, like an incredible series of games without him. They're better. They well, he's not supposed, you're not supposed to lose your job to – yeah, and you're not supposed to lose your job to injury, right? Or at least that's what they you're say. You're not supposed to, but it happens. Well, happens how, how, how Tom Brady gets started. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right, let's go back to the calls. Like it. Um. Oh, you, know, one, of, you know, one couple of, you know, one Justin Herbert and Tyrod Taylor. Oh yeah, one more thing, man. I don't want to leave yeah. on a negative note, but you know, I hope Ted, I hope Teddy gets well. You know, hope he gets well after that injury. Injury, no, never want to see a player get injured or nothing like that. Um, yeah, 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 hundred percent. You know, one couple of, you know, one positive, you know, one positive thing I give it to is is Brian Burns just been. You know, Brian Burns played his ass off, and when he been, and he been, you know, on the sidelines getting at his teammates, you know, hyping his teammates up, man, that that was, you know, that was good to see. I I liked seeing that. So, but holla at y'all, man. Y'all be. KJ Longway says, "I can't wait for PJ to go on a four-game win streak, and we bet for Teddy to be traded, Kyle Allen style." <laughs> Oh man! Because remember, we traded. Kyle, we got more value for Kyle Allen than we did for Cam Newton. Just remember that. If you want to add anything else to the Marty Herney resume, that might be a good one to add. Yeah. <laughs> Next call. It might be. It might oh, be. Man, good brothers, one. how y'all doing? This is G Cavalcia. Man, that oh, game G. was horrible. Man, I thought we was gonna win this game too. We start off good, but just like Panther football in the year 2020, we could not finish a fucking game to save our lives, man. I don't get it, man. And like I told y'all before, my opinion, once the season is over, get rid Hold of on. Phil Snow. Hold on. Let me pause this. I want to pause this because he's about to get into Phil Snow, and that's going to be the important part of the call for the discussion that's been going on, I think, is how does uh, – yeah, I don't understand how this is going to happen. I think this is that – when you are a team that is not the superior, you know, you don't have the superior players at that moment, right? Where you're beat, outmatched at every level. And let's be honest. I mean, what what is the level that we're not outmatched against when it comes to the Bucks? Somebody tell me which one. To be truly honest with you, our wide receivers have better uh, yards and like a – than than and I think overall catches than the wide receivers do on the Bucks. Believe it or not, do you think look it up. that their receiver that our receiver core is better than theirs? No, <laughs> no, okay. I don't think. That's I think it. they have better like, stats. They're better. Do we really yeah. think that there's a place that we have like a clear advantage? If but, we had McCaffrey in, I think our McCaffrey would be okay. that by right. one well, point. We, so when yeah. you are the team that is the underdog and the rightful underdog. The only way to win is for everything to go right. And that includes the other team, not everything going right. So I think it's very Mm -hmm. understandable. Like even I think the problem is, is we get our hopes up because we are so competitive because we are playing so hard. And then we go, oh, wait, mistake. 
98 yard touchdown interception. There's the game, right? All right, um, keep going back. I'm going back to Gino. His defense is not is horrible, man. You seen that one play? They were three and nineteen. They converted on three and nineteen. Come on, y'all. And then Jones ran a ninety-eight yard fucking touchdown. Come on, man. That dude had like a hundred ninety-something rushing yards. That's horrible defense. Our defense is a damn joke, man. It really is. And then Teddy got hurt. Hopefully he's good and everything like that. But honestly, Teddy is not the future. I'm gonna be the first fan to say this shit. I like Teddy, but to me, he is not the future. You ain't the first and fan to say it, bro. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of losing y'all. I really am, man, because we have a good team, man. It's just that we're just not clicking. The defense is horrible. Something has to damn change, y'all. Something has to change come this off season. So give me your thoughts on that. And always remember, y'all. Always remember, keep pounding. Love you, G, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's definitely not the first fan to uh, mm-hmm. uh, not think. He's on the Bridgewater front lines, is. though. Let's put it that. Is there fans that are on the front lines, and he's on the front but line? It's, it's funny because I feel like a lot of the real front liners like, were the ones that were uh, like us that were getting all kinds of bullshit for being on the Teddy Ain't train too early. You know, mm-hmm. oh, you're bad fans. And if it, by the way, I'm not saying that G uh, wasn't one of the first, but I feel like he's pretty positive. He's always looking on the bright side uh, about the football Not with team. his defense. Two weeks in a row, G is called in, and he is on Phil Snow's ass. And there hasn't been, you've heard it today, there's been lots of reasons for that perspective. Right, it's not an unrealistic perspective to say the problem, the big, and like you said, if we were going to rank the top, actually, how about this? Let me ask you this: What's a bigger problem, the offensive line or the defense? Defense, I think, because Mm -hmm. you you can fix the offense. Look, you can fix the offensive line with a better quarterback. And like I said, not saying Teddy's a terrible quarterback, but we were talking earlier about how he's quarterback. No quarterback talk. We're fixing the offensive line with offensive line players and the defense with defensive line play. Who's the worst unit? And that's kind of hard to say because you're talking about what's better. What about this? Offensive line or defensive line? Which is better? Defensive line is better. Defensive line is better than offensive line. Again, and I'll, I'll underline this all day, every day. And then, you know, and we can tie this back to Phil Snow, however you feel it needs to be, but our defensive line can be as good as it possibly can be. But if our linebackers can't cover the middle of the field or the flats, there's nothing. There's nothing you can do. That you can't I mean you could you can literally have z- uh, nobody block you to the quarterback. But if you're off if your wide receivers are beating your your secondary every play, you're going to have a ball out in two seconds and that's what's been happening if you go back and watch the time to release all the quarterbacks we face have gotten the ball out very quickly today may tom brady maybe held on to the ball a little bit longer um and i think that has a lot to do with by the way why i think we should be focusing on in the draft uh a, a star offensive lineman Worfs is a is the real deal yeah he is one of dude and so listen brian burns has been killing fools with that spin move, right? Worse was holding uh, on to it. 
Dude, Worf is a big athletic freak of nature. And, bro, uh, he, he gave Brian Burns... I mean, he, he essentially shut him down. Even all the times that they were one-on-one. I mean, listen, as a UFC fan, as a fight fan, a knockout's a knockout. And if mm-hmm. that was a one-on-one fight, my man Worf won that battle, dude. Yeah. He, is, yeah. he is a legitimate franchise tackle. 100%. Anyway, but that's... You know, outside of that, you know, I think that's the problem with our defense. It's not our defensive line. Um, They could probably be better on certain parts of it, but it's if you're asking which one's worse, it's 100% the offensive line. I think that look is that uh, I don't know if Moten. I mean, I just feel like Moten to Burns is pretty comparable. Um. I guess my, if you guys are saying that Derek Brown is really good or really bad, that's, I guess, the, the, like, I don't think either are great. Um, that's a good question. I mean, it's a tough question, right? But I think this is right now, I think that who's – the defense has more problems. It's easier to fix a five-man unit than it is an 11-man unit. You know, it just is. And the defense has got some way a ways to go. I think it's possible, though – I think you add a better linebacker besides Shaq, it elevates maybe his play. We're stuck with Shaq, folks, so you better love learn to love him. No. No, you don't you don't I don't think Shaq uh you know, I don't think we replace Shaq, right? Shaq Shaq right. what I'm saying is you gotta keep Shaq. Yeah, is you get another yeah. linebacker that helps elevate yeah. Shaq. You replace Whitehead. Whitehead is the rot that is causing this defense to decay. I think you're right. I, I agree with that. I agree with Whitehead and uh, and really is just an outmatched secondary. An yeah. outmatched, under-talented secondary. And the fact that I, I'm embarrassed that I like Rasul Douglas so much. You're emba- Why is it embarrassing? <sighs> because he's not somebody I should like. He should be somebody that I talk junk about, like Trey, like, uh, Trey Boston or something. But he's like the best. It's like if you go... Out, I don't know if you bring home. Oh, the, you just—he's like I, the prettiest I, ugly girl to me. I was about—I was about to say. I feel like the reason you like him <laughs> so much is because you don't like that uh, a guy who before the season wasn't even on our team that we had no idea would be a legitimate starter for us is he's right the now best probably, guy in the secondary. Yeah, like the Th- best. That's exactly it. Secondary. That's what I'm saying. I'm embarrassed that he. Oh. All right. Next. By the way, it it wasn't Dante Jackson, not Eli Apple, who we brought in to sign, not not even one of our draft picks. It's Russell Douglas. I hope he's on the team next year. I I I really do. I hope. I think he could be a very good complimentary piece. Yes. What's going on? Why is this so outside this total? Annihilation of a football game that we just witnessed, man. This is just what rude boy music from Twitter. Listen, man. Damn. I mean, I could nitpick, I could say a million things that we've already discussed for the entirety of the season. But let me just get into like a quick few things. Panther fans were, or some Panther fans were screaming and begging for Trey Boston to be resigned, and I really don't, I really never understood why. 
and we had, we essentially chose Trey Boston over Eric Reed. I really I really hate how this organization has in today's passing league has devalued the safety position. Like it's it's just mind blowing at this point. Like all Trey Boston does is take poor angles. We're not gonna even talk about to hear Whitehead, like we cannot get any pressure up front outside of Brian Burns and it feels like we just don't have the manpower to hold up in the back end like that. It, it, it is what it is. We essentially chose to pay Shaq Thompson middle linebacker money to still be playing outside linebacker over yep. re-signing uh, all-pro cornerback, which, of course, we need because, of course, again, Jackson is struggling with his toe, and I don't even think he would have made a difference out there anyway. So, yeah. Now, this is what I really wanted to get to. We all know about the defense, but I, I really wanted to talk about Teddy Bridgewater because it's really fans out there that have it in their mind that this dude is a franchise quarterback, and they try yeah. to cherry pick the most garbage stat of all time, which is he's passing on it. But they fail to mention how many yards he passed for the third or fourth quarter, which is pretty much non existent. He pretty much is rendered useless in the second half. Uh, his touchdown to interception ratio is, I mean, man, it has to be bottom of the league. I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I have to look up the stats, but Jesus. I mean, the dude, dude, this dude has not elevated this team in any way for the form. And they, they, they want to give him the grace of, as if he's a, a, a rookie quarterback, which I'm not understanding. If you pay yeah. a guy $63 million and you believe that he's the franchise quarterback and he's been in this league for six years, then he has to show you that he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah. You don't give him the same grace as... Uh, yeah, and before we get... Because I'm going to let you respond to the call. I do want to say this is... Um, I love everybody's support. Particularly, I want Carolina Brandon Herbert to be part of this community. I do. I love when he's a part of it. But I don't think the dope, I don't think the go-to line when we disagree with people is that you don't know anything about football. Yes, exactly. I just don't feel like that like uh, all right, is that do and again, expert football fan, not expert football football expert but i just don't feel like that's the go-to line you know it's anyway an easy, it's an easy answer it's the easy uh, yeah. thing it's go the ahead. easy thing to say to to not have to defend your position uh beyond just a few syllables that's really and, what and, and yeah. by the way when so he agreed Let's with get, me on Derek, on on Derek brown not being worth a top 10 pick oh so then i know a little bit about football when you agree with me right but not when we mention all the other stuff that you don't like. Listen, it's becoming mm-hmm. everybody's yeah. gonna have to jump on this train at some point. If you want to be on the caboose and get on at the tail end and try and hop on before it leaves the station, fine. Be my guest. I've been on this thing. Greg has been on this thing. We have been on this train. And if you want to say that we don't know football because we're pointing out the obvious then eh, I don't know, man. You might need a mirror to look at. All right. Now respond to the call, Cody. Or do you want me to play it again? Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So listen, how about this? I usually reserve this saying for Teddy Bridgewater. But I'm going to say it about Trey Boston. 
He is who we thought he was. Do you remember the first time that we cut Trey Boston? What one of the biggest critiques of him was? Oh, he was fucking horrendous. He could not tackle anybody. Can't tackle for shit. Nothing. And so it's not. He's actually gotten better. If you think he's bad now, you should have seen him five years ago. (laughs) He was fucking awful. (laughs) And, And bro, like, like he is who I thought he was. Trey Boston is actually a good safety when he's allowed to play the ball in the air. Okay? That is when he he's drives. He's okay. He's okay. Trey Boston is he's one of those good. players. He's there are certain good. players. I hate I we love to dump on these players. But CK has kind of been one of these people with Shaq that is like this is that they're not as bad as we make them. But you can't just they have to they play better when around better players. Right, yeah. CK has always said that a Shaq th- thrives when he's in a, a surrounded by players that are better than him. I feel like Trey Boston's like that. He can't yeah. be the best person back there, and he's not. I mean, Don't worry, he's not. Russell Douglas is. Yeah. <laughs> like, like basically, when when you put Shaq on this pedestal of this is what we live up to, right. Well, now, like, I mean, when it was Luke Kukli here, or Kukli here, we all, we all were like, yeah, these guys are playing, trying to work their way to be at that same level. Yeah. You're not getting that right now because there is nobody at that level that is that you're going to put your 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 mindset into. Like, you're not going to buy into their... And their, there's Shaq complimentary players, and there are core players. And Trey Boston is a complimentary player. Agreed. You put him back there with a couple of good corners, and then he goes has a Pro Bowl year like he did in San, in San Diego, now Los Angeles, right? But when he's the best dude back there... Like that, you are only. I mean, it's just. I'm sorry. Uh, continue. Sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting. That's how I feel. I feel like this. I want to hate on Trey Boston, but like, damn. Like, he is Cody. Who we thought he was. Yeah. He is who we thought he is. Yeah. And, 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 and by, by the way, I, I can use it. Derek Brown. He is who I thought he was. And by the way, if that, I mean, to me, that's pretty good like he's been stout he doesn't have a lot around him i don't blame all of our like a lot a lot a lot of people are doing this thing where oh whenever someone runs up the gut oh well look at Derek brown not being worth the shit don't worry folks Derek brown is gonna prove his salt he's gonna in two years you just gotta put somebody beside him it cannot just be brian burns i'm sorry he 100%. is. That's Brian why I'm, Burns I'm, is I'm a with... star, but he's still not a guy alone who can. I mean, no defensive star alone can make a defensive no. line. I'm just sorry, yeah. and I don't even think he's fully where he's going to be. What I'm most excited about uh, Brian Burns is he's getting better. He's getting better, man. Yeah. Like every way, and I'm not better. saying he was bad. I would just say this is that you don't want Michael Jordan to be what he was on day one and at the final day. I always tell my smartest students, like, it's not about just being good at the beginning. Like, we need to be better by the end. And so Brian Burns is on that progression. That's what's exciting. You throw another guy in there like that, 
and then you start rotating him with gross matos, then we're cooking with gasoline. Maybe we, you know, we're going to be really sad if we draft another fucking defensive tackle. <laughs> Everybody's going to fucking hey. cry. Hey, real quick, we got 61 people watching right now and 33 thumbs up. Hit the thumbs up button. Or, hey, if you think we're dumb, hit the dislike button. Interact. Show us some emotion. Hit the thumbs up, man. Support what we do. Hit the notification bell. Listen, man, you know if this season goes the way you think it's going to go, you're going to need these Panther sessions, your Panther uh, psychiatric uh, specialist, to come and make your Sundays better after the Panthers lose in miserable fashion. So hit the subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up button. Come on. You already know what to do. The number's 252-228-5098. Let's go ahead and jump into the next call. What up, C3? It's your boy, Mike. Hope you all are having a Wonderful Sunday. Um, Best as we can. That game, uh, I think, solidifies uh, Cody's point, uh, Greg's point. Ooh. Uh, I mean. A lot of points. Why can't I get some love? We we (laughs) look good starting out. We did. Teddy was. 13 for 13, and I was, uh, I had hope. Yeah. And then the shit went downhill. So, um, yeah, uh, gosh. Um, just one thing. The people talking about firing Phil Snow, get the hell out of here. This is yeah, first I'm year. not saying that yet. Give him a break. Mm-hmm. You guys are ridiculous. Keep down, Panther Pride, till I die. Thanks, Supreme Lita. Next call. Man, 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 man. Y'all keep making excuses for this sorry-ass bitch motherfucker, Teddy the Fraud Bridgewater. And man, now his (laughs) fragile ass is injured, too. Well, 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 well. What y'all got to say? Y'all going to make excuses? Mm -hmm. Come on, let's hear them. Let's fucking hear them. Let's hear the goddamn excuses. Let's hear the nonsense. Let's hear it. Yeah. Well, you know, his completion percentage, his completion percentage, what? Fools, we ain't winning games. I don't give a fuck about your completion percentage. Win some fucking games. Say it, Josh. Say it. Solid offense around you. Yeah, the O-line <laughs> is kind of piecemeal. It's got some problems. But, man, good quarterbacks know when to throw the ball away. Great quarterback can make a play when there doesn't seem to be one. Teddy doesn't do either one of those. Never has, never will. He's a bridge quarterback. That's all he is. Until we draft a quarterback this year in the first round. And by the way, folks, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We will be high enough in the draft to pick a quarterback, a.k.a. the future of the franchise. That will allow us ample cap space to sign offensive line talent or offensive weapon talent to surround him. You know, how successful teams have done it. I mean, the the blueprint's been out there for, I don't know, the better part of five decades. And the clowns who think that, you know, paying some interim quarterback big money is the way to win Super Bowls, man, y'all just ain't paying attention long enough. 
in this defense, there's some there's some good spots. There's some high spots. There's some promise for the future. But there are way too many clowns who just don't fucking get it. They just don't get it. I'm sorry. They just don't get it. And I don't know if Phil Snow is trying to make sure that games just kind of miraculously seem to slip away from us or what, man. But I got questions about whether he's the answer or whether it's really about the amount of new, fresh, young blood on this defense. Um, because this defense in combination with Teddy Bridgewater be giving games away right into the arms of the seven-finger-having motherfucker James Pierre-Paul. Like, what is this shit? <laughs> Man's got seven fingers, and you're going to get picked off by him? Like, dude, <laughs> this man even got two whole hands, and you're going to get picked off by him. You should be goddamn embarrassed. It's a joke. Uh, but, hey, on to a better draft pick. You know what I mean? On to the future of the I franchise. On to drafting a quarterback who won't do the same boneheaded shit that Teddy does. Book it, fools. Joshua Mass was right. Out. Josh from Mass bringing that fire. I love it. I love it. And um, I I think this is fair, right? All of us probably agree that going forward this season and into next season, Phil Snow is probably going to be the biggest question mark that surrounds this football team, I feel like. You know, because we're doing this thing, well, is it because of the personnel why we keep on rushing three defensive linemen and dropping. And again, we hope so. Uh, Tony thinks it is. I think it is. Um, but I feel like that's the one question that uh, none of us, even your most informed Panther fans or analysts or whatever the hell, we're going to be talking about and having questions about Phil Snow and his defensive philosophy um, probably well into next season, if, I would, uh, if I'm a gambling man, I'd say. I'm it's, super, it's I, I would say I'm super excited. That's not a good way of saying it. Um, it's interesting, you know what I'm saying? Like they say, don't get into business with your family, right? Because yeah. like when the hard decisions come, there's all these emotional components. If the right. Phil Snow, if the fire Phil Snow crowd or Phil Snow is a bust or Phil, whatever the right moniker is for the people – and there's it's significant. I'm not saying their positions are unwarranted either, but if they turn out to be right, you know, we'll we'll learn a lot about Matt Rule. I think yeah. in that process is that uh, will he keep them for too long? Will he have confidence in it? You know, like you said, this is actually a good storyline to be following right now is the development of the Panthers' defense and the relationship and how that connects to Phil Snow. In fact, you know, it's probably more of an interesting conversation than talking about Teddy at this point. I do want to say something else. There's people, other people, and while you've you've got the Teddy stands on one hand, then you got Josh from Mass on the other hand. <laughs> There's that kind of middle of the road people who say, well, Teddy was a bridge. Teddy was a bridge. Teddy was a bridge. Yeah. And he won't be here after that. Like, I don't even know if that's a cool answer in some ways. And the reason I say that is like, do we do we expect Teddy Bridgewater to be the quarterback in 2022? <sighs> I'd be interested. How about this? Is Teddy Bridgewater a success or a failure? 
does it depend? Does it really depend on this? Is that if he's starting in twenty twenty two? Right. I mean, like at this is like is that uh, all right? He's our quarterback this year, no doubt. We got him, right? And next year, like he's got to be our. You know, I mean, there's no reason to cut him. It's not financially, even if you go and draft somebody. Is that if Teddy Bridgewater isn't the quarterback in twenty twenty two? Does any of this really even fucking matter? That's why the, the I know that's the your move, point. That's your point. <laughs> that's why it was frustrating to me in the first fucking place. Like, why? Why do you want to pay for a bridge? Like, and, and if you knew, and because if you, you want to get across the river. Well, yeah, but I mean, damn, dude, like there is no river. If you end up sucking. <laughs> then it, it's you get better graphics, bro. You caught syphilis like, while fjording I, the river. In um, you're not old enough, Cody, to know this joke, but it is a what's the name of that uh, Oregon Trail joke? Yeah, <laughs> dysentery. You didn't get syphilis. You got dysentery. In my, in, my oh, yeah. <laughs> in my elementary school, we had these old ass computers. That did indeed have Oregon Trail. And it's us. Yeah. 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 Hey, so I I have a question I want to ask you guys. As old as I thought. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a question I wanted to ask you guys with this. And we're talking about the offensive line and quarterback. And this relates to kind of both of them and the decisions that Carolina made going into this year with what we were going to go into with the future. Do you think we would have been in a better position had we? not signed Robbie Anderson, save that money, kept Cam Newton and save the money that we're going to give to Teddy Bridgewater and put all of that money that we invested in all this stuff into an offensive line and built a solid offensive line with Cam Newton, do you think we'd be in a better position? I'm not saying we would because people are going to get all pissed off at me about that. Right. I'm just asking. Do you think we could, right. we could have built it through free agency trades and the draft? We could have built an offensive line that would have been solid. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's, it's tough no. to say. I, 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 I too many I, I, too I, many holes. Too many holes. Either, mm-hmm. either way, I liked our options with Cam going forward more uh, than anything else. And I mean, I've been talking about wanting to build an offensive line around Cam for years. But mm-hmm. um, again, I've been challenging this notion with everyone. It doesn't matter if it's offensive line or just the full team in general. Like it doesn't ever have to take multiple years to rebuild a team or a line group. Like the Colts had one of the worst offensive lines in football. Then they draft Quentin Nelson and they take a right tackle from Auburn in the third round. And after that, it's like their whole identity change. Like they're one of the better offensive lines in all of football. So, you know, a, a lot of these takes of, oh, well, we can't go this position because we have so many other holes uh, here, 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 and there. Dude, that's nonsense. You rank your positions according of importance and, and as far as and what you, you need on your football team. you guards in the second and third. That's the thing is you can make an offensive line robust. You might not get that anchor left tackle for 15 years, but you can really get some good pieces in the mid-rounds on offensive line. Nobody's taking a guard in the first round. I mean, yes, they are, but there's a lot of opportunity there, and we just have not done it. 
Very yeah. simple yeah, and plain but- is that we have and yes, please. Uh, my baby came in here asking me if I need another beverage. How nice is that? Um, <laughs> we just have an event, and I get. I think that part of this was. I still think that this is the luxury of Cam Newton. Cam Newton allowed us to get away with this shit for so long. And yep. and we while we were screaming about uh, an offensive line, other people are screaming. How many times did we say build that wall? Forever. We've build that wall. This years. is not new. So it doesn't even matter who's behind. We've been saying that this offensive line has been a shit show for uh, the last – to be honest, the offensive line has been a shit show since Jordan Gross retired. And you can point to the 2015 offensive line. They played well out over their skis. But they also, Mike Rimmers was the reason ultimately we lost the Super Bowl. Or maybe not him, is the inability to stop Vaughn Miller. This offensive line has been atrocious for a long time, and you've said it for the past couple of months we've done nothing to invest in it so why do you expect no. it to be better you're gonna go get some no. fucking cast offs and this and that and russell okun gonna trade who has was been injured struggling with injuries for the last three years and that we think it's gonna be better no it's a train wreck a train wreck and a train wreck and matt paradis has just been a disappointment and he's the best fucking to him at moton has been the best and guess what Dave Gettleman drafted him in the second after disregarding the offensive line for years. Yeah, I thought it was the third. But uh but by the way, uh one one more thing real quick. Yeah, here goes uh Cody tooting his own horn yet again. But what was I saying before this season? That part of the reason why I was worried about and for Teddy Bridgewater came true today that we didn't have the offensive line to be able to protect them. How many times did I say I was worried about this offensive line, that this offensive line isn't going to be a problem? I kept saying it, and for a little while, they outperformed, I think, all of our expectations. But then they just returned back to the means, man, and now it's exactly what I thought it was. Uh, Teddy doesn't have enough time to do anything, and even when he does – it, he's not making those throws. Do you guys want to hear a stat? Yes, please. I love stats. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is 26th in the NFL for average air yards. It's 26th. Yes, we've been saying guy, this. He's checked yeah. down Teddy. Hold on, hold on. It hey. might be even might be worse than that because yeah. I was just basing it off of 32 teams. I wasn't. There might have been worse than that. I don't nah, he's checked There's... down Teddy, and that's yeah. the thing is that he and that's you know what that's part of that's his game. Hey, can, no can I add a point to look uh, L Nazar McDowell in the chat room is kind of having a back and forth with me. And we're having a debate about whether it's offense or defense. And here's the thing. You're right. The defense played horrible. And I agree with you on that. But so if the defense would have held the offense, the, the, the bucks to six points in the second half, excuse me, seven points in the second half. Do you think that would have been good? I'd say it's pretty good, right? Guess what? We still wouldn't have won. If we'd have held the bucks to seven points in the second half, we still wouldn't have won the game. So don't tell me it's not just or just the defense is not the offense. Because we could have held them to seven points in the second half and still lost the game. All right, period. We're Point not blank. a good team yet. Exactly. We're becoming better. Exactly. We're becoming better, but we're not a good team yet. 252-228-5098. Hey, guys. It's Joey. Oh, Joey. boy. 
Oh, what the fuck, man? We're like... I think we're what we thought we were. I mean... Our team in general is like... We're not the Jets, but... Record-wise, we're not much better. I don't even know if we're going to play ourselves out of Trevor Lawrence. And P.J. Walker has been in two games. Not two full games, but two games. And he hasn't managed to throw a decent-looking pass. I mean... So so what do we have? I mean, we know Will Greer sucks. Although that was with our last coaching staff, so... I'll be willing to give him another shot if we absolutely have to, but I hope we don't. But and I don't even think we're going to play ourselves out of Trevor Lawrence because we keep playing like this. I don't think we're winning another game, bro. I mean, if there's some games you look at, oh, yeah, we could beat Detroit. No, Detroit's actually a good team, especially if you underestimate them. They just are not deep, and they just... I mean, they don't know how to win themselves with the Detroit Lions or the Carolina Panthers. Okay. Are we really much better than them? Because I'm sure they, they're uh, radio guys and they're, you know, everything sunny type fans. Like, you know, will say, oh, Matt Stafford's playing great and all that other stuff, just like we say about Teddy Bridgewater. So, uh, this game was just another reason why we're not there yet. And... It sucked, and I knew it was going to happen. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, uh, my Sundays are complete after I hear Joey Esquivel hit me with the growls, man. Um, dude, let, let me tell you. if uh, For whatever reason, if uh, David Tepper initiates the trade that gets us Trevor Lawrence, I will donate to him my body as his concubine forever. I would just do anything and everything he ever wanted to me if he for some reason made Trevor Lawrence a part of this football team. I don't care if that's a little much, but that's what it is. If it happens, dude, that would... It's still too good. I don't even want to want to entertain that. One, it's not going to happen. And number two... Uh, I don't want to get my hopes up for that to happen because the Jets are just fucking atrocious and it's not going to happen. I don't but. want to hear this fucking Cam Newton slander in this fucking podcast either. Damn, Carolina Brandon Herbert. Sorry, bro. Is that this? Is you're like, oh, well, what the fuck is Cam doing? Is he having as good a year as Teddy? Well, he's on. Uh, he's got the same amount of wins as Teddy Bridgewater right now. And with, our, with the worst supporting cast. With a worse fucking team. You think our fucking team is bad? Their team is a goddamn wreck right now. Hey, Brandon B, Herbert says he Tom makes plays. Teddy Bridgewater makes plays for us. Not in the Tom second Brady half. Brady last Not in year. the second half, he didn't name a play for me. As Tom, long as those mm-hmm. plays are behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Tom Brady looked like he was done last year in New England. That's how bad their fucking team is. And he is like the top quarterback in the league. I don't want to hear this, this and that, and this and that with Cam Newton. You fucking unappre- like. Here's the thing: is Cam Newton fucking MVP in it? Hell nah. But Cam Newton is actually doing better than most people thought. He's a- and after two atrocious fucking weeks on his end, two atrocious weeks on his end. 
He kind of came back. He's got eight red, like, and no, is he fucking just out there, just a fucking toast of the town? No, but don't go be go shitting on him. Is that I tell you one thing? Is that motherfucker? He said if they put if we put up if he could put up twenty points or whatever. Shut up. We can't even barely put up twenty points. Yeah, and I mean, like, nah, nah. It's not like this has not been the most prolific fucking scoring offense right here. So, look, it's just leave Cam alone. You love Teddy Bridgewater and his big giant D, and now just deal, and that's fine. But Cam's got nothing to do with it. That's nothing right. to do and, with it. And, and, and can I give my theory on it? And I think this is proving itself to be true. Most of He the said people- they have a better defense. No, their defense. You haven't watched one New England game. Their defense <laughs> fucking blows a big-ass Teddy dick. They do. They suck. But all the people that were most vocal in their criticisms about Cam Newton when when he was here are the people that are like, oh, he's trash. We did the best thing by getting rid of him. Yeah, Cam Newton sucks. Have you seen him? Oh, he's only thrown two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if your receivers were fucking Larry Curley and Mo, you'd be lucky to have one touchdown. And Cam Newton has two of them. So bow your heads in respect. Did you also see, and here's the other thing, and yes, they were playing the Jets, right? So you're not playing the Bucks today, but Cam is, his shoulders, I was worried that his shoulder, that people were right. I was starting to worry in those two down games, and CK said it. He said, man, it looks like he's putting everything in, in it to get the ball down the field. He came out there, and he's pushing the ball down the field Connect and receive. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ran a two-minute offense. I just don't think this is by... I don't have to shit on Cam Newton to celebrate Teddy Bridgewater. And I don't got to shit on Teddy Bridgewater to celebrate Cam Newton. I think this is that... I obviously say this is Teddy Bridgewater is limited. And that is... He's not the worst problem. But you don't want... If you think I don't know anything about football... I know one thing is, and tell me if I'm wrong here. Does anybody want the quarterback down 14, six minutes left in the game, with to, to be Teddy Bridgewater? Is that your first fucking pick? We had it with nine today in three timeouts. That right? I didn't want is that like it felt like yeah. it was already away? Teddy mm-hmm. is a play ahead player, and that's fine. Maybe you could even say Cam was like that. In uh, at some points in his career, maybe he still is. I don't know, but I tell you, Teddy Bridgewater is is. I don't got anything against him, but he on this team is not like he needs to be on a team like the Bears, and maybe and maybe they're not even good enough. Maybe their offensive line sucks too much for that. Is that I just feel like as soon as the Panthers got down twelve, like two possessions. Why do you think we fake punted? Why? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so happy you brought that up. Why? Do you, yeah. I'm so fucking happy that we haven't even talked about that. We haven't even talked. We have the most fake punts in the NFL right now. What does that tell you about what our coaches fucking think of? Dude. Why did we kick it, a 67 yard field goal in a windy ass Kansas City? Right. 
come on. By the way, Drew Brees is uh, out with the rib injury of the game right now. Jameis Winston is starting at QB. Yeah. I've, oh, I've, not I've Taysom Hill, the fucking best player. They're in alternating. The world. Somebody said that in the chat. No, oh, they are actually alternating. Oh, damn. Arizona oh. trying to get back up in this. Uh, by the way, to my own horn again, uh, Javon Kenlaw just shredded the Saints offensive line. The Saints offensive line, by the way, blew it up and sat Taysom Hill. So, Kenlaw? What happened, bro? Yep. Shut. Toot, toot, I, toot, I, I toot. Shush. Shush. Next call. Toot, toot, toot. What's going on, y'all? It's Darius from Raleigh. Uh, first, up, I want to say I agree with Cody. Call a million years ago. Um, I understand we got a lot of holes on this team, but when you have a a chance to get a, a quarterback in the draft that you think can solidify the franchise for the next 10-plus years, you go out and take it. Thank Don't you. get me wrong. I understand we the have a lot of holes, will we be able to but get you got to look at a lot of other teams that had a lot of holes but still took a, a quarterback. Cardinals took Kyler Murray. They had a lot of holes on that offensive line and stuff, and now look at them. we got to get a quarterback. As far as the defense, I do think Phil Snow is scheming bad, um, but I will say – it's because of the weakness of the defense, the players Thank there. You, Darius. I don't think it's fair for us to criticize a lot of these rookies. Again, these are rookies. Like you guys keep calling out um, Derek Brown. He's a rookie playing the hardest position on the defensive line. Just because we don't hear his name doesn't mean he's not doing his job. I agree. To have, I think he has like three or four tackles for loss as a rookie on the defensive line. That doesn't happen that much. That position is hard to play. We're asking these rookies to turn water into wine. Let's just calm calm down. Remember, we had low expectations coming into this season, and I think our expectations are a little higher because of how close we've been in these games, and that's a testament to this coaching staff. Keep on Dude, I like this number. Well, first of all, Darius, great call. I agree with every point. Uh, second is that number 23 for the Bills, this cornerback, is the only person I've seen that is taking COVID seriously on the field. He's got a fucking face shield on and a full-on neck mask. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, Kyler Murray runs <laughs> in for a touchdown. All that right, was an uh, incredible rush, by the way. Back to the call. I agree. I'm, I'm glad. When I say thank you, I don't need you to – I don't need people to like help me make my points or or like I'm like I'm just saying thank you that other people think like me and that is I want Phil I want Phil Snow to work. I hope he works. I hope it, I hope it's not the other, right? Like Cody said. Any other questions? any other points you guys need to make on that call? No, I think that's it, man. Great call Derek, by Darius though. Yeah, great call and in here is that Derek Brown don't worry folks is this is that if you got problems with Derek Brown where the fuck were you with Vernon Butler yeah but where also were you me, <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I'm, he's but he's already had a better career as a panther than Vernon Butler but but guys I'm really like concerned that this is going to be a conversation that we're going to be having uh, around Derek Brown, even when it's time to resign him. Like if people are expecting Derek Brown to all of a sudden be like a, a stat beast that has six plus stats or sacks a year. I'm, I'm telling you that's, that's not what Derek Brown was drafted to do. 
that's not him. Like you might if, be if surprised, you guys, Cody, if, if you put more pieces around him. Maybe, but even still, I don't think not, he's gonna be a stat like a sack monster. But he, he's stuff, never like, gonna be the primary pass killing a running back in the backfield. Yeah, for sure. That. But that's what you want him to do, and that doesn't necessarily st- show up heavy on the stat line. Damn, Patrick Peterson took some damn PEDs, got a damn interception, and got this Arizona team back in this game. Two five. I'm happy for. Two two eight fifty ninety eight. Not me. I put pull. I picked the Bills. Yo, this is JT. I know this is going to sound crazy. First time caller, by the way. Hey, I know this is going to sound crazy, but it kind of feels like once the team gets down, that they just kind of they lose a the gear. They kind of lose a step. They lose the enthusiasm to play. And I think that, and I know this is going to sound crazy, because they know that Teddy cannot bring them back. Oh. I just don't think the players have faith in Teddy to be the, the type of quarterback that puts a team on his back. And he's a game manager. He is what he is. He just uh, he just cannot win games. And call me crazy, I think the team knows that. And that's why you see when once the Panthers get down, they just stop. They just lose enthusiasm. Call me crazy. Great podcast, guys. You ain't crazy. Here's the thing is that if you know Teddy got that big D, right? We all heard of it. It's a big, giant thing all in our face all the time. Can I just say I was proud of you? I was proud of you after the debate show because I'm like, damn, he really only mentioned Teddy's dick like one time. (laughs) I was like, damn, I'm proud of you, man. Let me tell you this, though. If you're a girl... And you uh, getting down with Teddy? You ain't got to worry about getting it from behind. Oh, coming back from behind is not his place. He needs to be in front of you, face to face. We're off the rails. All right. Oh my god! But you're right though, and that caller's right, man. Uh, Teddy, Teddy said, "I want to look you in the eyes and make love to you. I don't want to pound it out from behind." Yeah, he's got to be on top. <laughs> he's got to be on top. <laughs> what up, guys? I'm up here, man. man. You know that's right, though, and you know it's funny. <laughs> All right, here's Nick. Yeah, Tony. Again. So you already know what I'm about to say to you, don't you? I'm going to ice you up if you don't play my other phone call. I don't care that I was drinking a little bit. Come on. You still got to play it. Where Let's go. But uh, no, all joking aside. So just a couple comments from what's going on in the uh, the post-game show. Greg, first off, okay, you brought up the fact that even if um, P.J. Walker comes out and balls out, which – by the way, I hope he does. I was a big fan of him in the XFL. Now, granted, I know the XFL is not the NFL. Two completely different leagues. XFL is like, you know, the next step down from the NFL. I get that. Okay? But at the same time, it would be really nice to see P.J. Walker come out and ball out. On top of that, with the possibility of uh, whatever his name is. I, pre- I forget what his name is. Teddy Bridgewater. With the possibility of Teddy Bridgewater being down, that does give us a chance to see how he actually is. You know, 
and I know that there's a bunch of people that would love to see how he's actual how he actually is. This would also tell us if he would be a suitable backup in the future in case if we did sign somebody who we wanted to be our number one quarterback. Just saying. Also, uh, the question from the question the guy posed about uh, keeping the wide receiver wide receiver trio that we have. Yep. I would say yes, as long as if DJ Moore steps up his game. It seems like he's been slipping the last few games. He really needs to step it up. Like this is supposed to be him and Curtis Samuel's year, but it seems like Curtis Samuel has now stepped into that either number one or number two role, while DJ has fallen down to like the number three role, just because of how much DJ drops the damn ball, and it sucks. So, just wanted to uh, comment on a couple quick things, but uh, also with that whole roster thing as well, I mean, I'd love to keep all three, but if we keep all three, then unfortunately I think that means we got to get rid of C-Mac. And while I don't want that to happen... We've proven that we can be suitable without him having Mike Davis. We can't. You know, so Mike Davis Mike, might be the cheaper can't, option. Nick, it's like we just but signed him to the big I would, deal. I would think no that way. if we got rid of C-Mac, we would definitely want to sign a, a quarterback that's a lot better than Teddy. You have to trade. Here's the thing is that uh, what I don't like about the keeping three guys is that I think Robbie Anderson is legit. I think that DJ Moore is um, really pretty darn good when you get the ball to him. I think you've got, he's he's in his head a little bit right now. Um, I think that he's got taken a shot to his confidence because, number one, they did bring in Robbie Anderson. I mean, if you're a wide receiver and you feel like you've got a good one-two with him and Curtis Samuel, I mean, he's going to take a hit to his uh, to his confidence, I imagine. But, I mean, some of these mistakes he's making are just – like that that he's having is is just I think he's been better though is that in the early he had a slow start right and they called some hard slants for him he would get popped and he dropped the ball he gets, he had a tough start but I would say okay the last couple of games he's been absent I don't think that's on him though entirely it's not like he's been playing you know is that this just it didn't come to him DJ has made some big damn plays this year right he's gotten some yeah, touchdowns yeah. today he showed up if he would have caught that pass today, nobody would be saying his name in a bad light. I just don't mm-hmm. think that DJ, Robbie, and Curtis are multiple enough. Can I, I just, just feel say- like their skill sets are a little too overlapping, and I think we need a red zone threat. Yeah, I, and we've I been ju- saying that for a while. Yeah, and, and the problem with the Carolina Panthers on the offense side, and this is goes dates back to Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman's problem was this, where he had a lot of problems, but it was just like it's at like, oh well, we're too small in the in the in the receiving core, so we draft these big giants. We have to have a little of all, and the fact that Robbie Anderson has been a possession. Oh God! Oh my God! Josh Allen. That was almost the worst play ever, and it turned out not to be. Um, the The fact that we don't have – we need complementary skill sets as well. And the fact that Robbie Anderson is a possession receiver in this offense, I think tells you a lot. 
And what I mean by that is I think that uh, that Robbie's done a great job at doing what's been asked of him. I just feel like, and I don't not, this is the player I think of, but I don't like not him now, but it would be nice to have a Des Bryant in this offense. It would, um, you know, and, and, or any, is that here is that that's the thing is swap. Who do you want to swap out? I don't want to swap out Robbie Anderson right now with anybody. What is he, what has Robbie Anderson done the past three weeks? Um, that's a good question. Not get the ball. Um, but listen, I, I don't know if this is controversial or not. But if I'm GM one as of right now, I'm not sold on paying any of them. If right, it's any right. of well, them, we already paid it, Robbie, and it's only a two year deal. Only right, a two-year deal. Yeah. So okay. So if I'm, it's GM, Curtis Samuel or no one. That's the thing is I, that you're making well, a no, statement. Not by, even, but not not even. It's not even him or no one because it, like it. Okay. If I'm the GM, I'm paying DJ Moore, but I'm not going to pay him top wide receiver money. And this may be controversial, but just because like uh, I, I don't believe that receivers win championships. So if we had a true balls out number one wide receiver like a DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones that we knew was just fucking money when you had to have it. Yeah. Pay the man that opens up your offense in a different kind of way. But man, like other than that, I'm really not like, I'm not big on signing a bunch of wide receivers. Just That's, like my, point. Really- That's my point is that none of them are uh, Robbie Anderson is here to stay for one more year. For one more year, you have to make a decision on Curtis. Basically, this it is we have to decide on Curtis Samuel now or never, and then next year we're gonna have to decide on DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson together. And my question is, how about this? Is that out of all those three receivers, if you could only keep one, which one do you want? DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore has the the highest ceiling. Um, I think he has the best build. Next I think person, he's the most durable. Who's next? <laughs> DJ Moore. Who? One receiver. You got to pick one out of three. And I open this up to the chat room too. One out of three. Who do you get to pick? I'm taking Robbie Anderson. I don't think so. I think he's the burner. But I mean, again. He ain't burning shit have... this year. He's been catching a bunch of balls. Uh, last couple weeks, tailed off four, but no targets. But okay, I'm sorry, I'm an interrupter. No, no, but I mean, I mean that in the same respect, right? I mean, the only people that have gotten the attention have been uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel the past two weeks, right? And, and well, DJ so, got we... no attention last week, right? Only two right. targets. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Curtis Samuel was last week. And right. Robbie Anderson had a little bit of, uh, you know, he wasn't really a big part of the offense last week. He wasn't a big part of the offense this week. I don't think Robbie and I, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'd be interested to go back and watch the tape, but I'm wondering why Robbie isn't getting the, getting the look. You know what I mean? Well, you know, you know what I look at with this is that Robbie Anderson has twice the amount of catches that DJ Moore has, and only like 200 more yards. Like uh-huh. DJ Moore has like 600 something. 65 catches as opposed to like 34. I just now thought of so, that. I mean, I just now thought of this. 
DJ Moore is the after the catch type of receiver. Mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel's the after the catch type of receiver. He can be a burner too, but he's the after the catch. Robbie Anderson is the burner who's supposed to be down the field, run the post. And Teddy don't throw down the field. We don't have a we don't have a quarterback running twice as many catches. He must throw it at Robbie. He has twice as many catches as Anderson. That was all like first three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm worried that our stream may have just gotten booted. I'm not entirely sure, but I think my yeah, I froze up on YouTube. It looks like. And I don't know why, like, I can't even refresh my screen. I'm surprised I'm talking to you right now. Yeah, um, it looks like YouTube definitely froze up. Oh, now Mead's down. Cat. It's my internet. Oh. Well, I'm listening to Wait, are we back? I know. Are we back? Well, it says I can see you moving now on YouTube. Nice. I'm listening, I'm listening to us talk. But I can't yeah. see you. All right. Um, here, um... Here, Nick, want me to play this call? Maybe they can hear it. Hello. This is Detective Montero with the Charlotte Police Department. At approximately 2.59 p.m., there was a mugging. The suspect is Brian Burns. Brian Burns just mugged the shit out of Tom Brady. How's it going? (laughs) It's uh, Nick from up here in Mass. Just fucking with you. But, uh, hey, so one thing that I want to point out, is I really think that in order for us to win, we should have gotten a touchdown before the half. We need every chance we we get to be to uh, get a touchdown. Sorry, guys, been drinking. Um, but the other thing is too, and I post, I said this in the uh, in the podcast on Tuesday night. Teddy Bridgewater cannot adjust pre-snap. He just can't. We took at least one time out this half, in the first half, anyway. Was that a call? No? Oh, God. Can y'all hear me? Look at this. Way to go, Internet. Sudden link. Sudden link. All right. Tony Dunn here. Uh, hopefully you can continue to, or maybe my f- everything is going down. Computer dying. Panthers are dying. Hello. We need every chance we we get to be to uh, get a touchdown. Sorry, guys, been drinking. Um, but the other thing is too, and I post, I said this in the uh, in the podcast on Tuesday night. Teddy Bridgewater cannot adjust pre-snap. He just can't. I something. We took at least one timeout this half, in the first half anyways, because he could not adjust. And I get it. If you don't feel comfortable with a play, just take a timeout, especially in the first half, and be done. But we can't keep doing that week in and week out. If you go back and look, it's every single week where we do that. We, you know, we call an extra timeout because Teddy can't adjust. He sees a, he sees the defense doing things that he just doesn't like, and it's going to cost us in the long run. He needs to cut that shit out, and he needs to be able to adjust pre-snap. Let me know what you guys think. Love the podcast. See ya. Thanks, Nick, for the call. Um, you know, one of the last thing I, I think um, I, one thing we have not talked about on this show is uh, Joe Brady moving from the box to the field. 
Uh, oh, you know, I'm happy that you mentioned this. You know what I think that is? I think that's preparing to be a head coach because you no, never see a head no. coach. All of this Brady head coach mess is so premature. You bust your nut and you ain't even got it in. Yet. I don't know, dude. The NFL is like just in love with Joe Brady. And, and Tony, but you remember me saying this before? I'm like, look, if we have a good season and he has a good offense, you know, being as young as he is, if people come and ask him to be a head coach, how willing is he yo, yo, yo. to get that job? And what I'm saying is, is that man, if Brit, okay, with Teddy Bridgewater and this We're offensive three and seven, line, bro, and to still put up that the, the kind of numbers, you're gonna tell me that if what the Chargers come knocking and they have Justin Herbert and an awesome draft pick. Why would they Joe come Brady, knocking? They would be ridiculous, dude. This is too. Y'all are acting like Joe Brady has done more than he has. And I'm a fan of the guy right now. I thought he was showing up, but no. This offense has not deserved an immediate welcome. Here's the keys to the fucking house uh, thing. We're three and seven. And it hasn't only been this defense the entire time. No, the idea that Joe Brady should be in consideration for a head coaching job right now is so far premature. And being a head coach is far different than being a coordinator. And we haven't even seen him be a fucking coordinator yet, man. I mean, uh, I'll bet you anything that he will have job offers at the end of this year. Now, whether or not he accepts So you think or, he's no, so you that. think this is that he would turn down a head coaching position? I don't I believe that, that one no. bit. No. Personally, if I'm him, I say no. Just because I, I don't think that one year as an offensive coordinator on a mediocre football team warrants being a head coach. I agree with you, Tony. Listen, you and I are in one hundred percent agreement. I'm just saying I'm trying to think if I'm him, right? And if uh, an opportunity comes knocking, you gotta go. You're not, you're you not, gotta you're, go. That's what I'm saying. Like it's that's the only saying. time you might suck in the future. No, if right. if the I just think anybody who offers the opportunity needs to get their head checked. Well, I I'll, I'll bet you anything. We could do one of a we could do a Greg bet or whatever we have to do. But I'll I'll bet you that at at least one or more teams will request to interview Joe Brady. Yeah. Oh, well, that's fine. I, I'm, I don't disagree with that. It's just, do they offer him the job? I think so. I mean, it's the trend. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, the audio, everything's fucking up right now, so let's go ahead and get out of here. Sorry, Nick. We went back and played the other call. Um, chin check. Chin check. Um, who's your defensive player of the game? I gotta say, uh, Franklin. Franklin made a play early in it for me, and I just think, man, this little guy is playing hard out there. So I'm giving my chin check player of the week to Franklin. I don't even know his first name. There are only two people uh, at the end of every game on defense that I feel are even worthy of uh, the chin check, and it's the man. It's named after Jeremy Chin. And my favorite player on the team who will get my vote once again this week, which is Brian Burns. Uh, and it's not just because he's an incredible football player, but I feel like this today in, in particular, I felt like we finally 
got a glimpse to see Brian Burns as something else going forward, which is incredibly important. And that's a leader. I cannot tell you how much I loved it seeing him fucking pissed off on the sideline, cussing out his teammates, saying, hey, this is our division rival. We're at home, and they are dirt stomping our asses. Act like that matters to you. Act like that pisses you off. Guys, we lost Thomas Davis. We lost Luke Kickley. We have lost veterans on this football team. We have no vocal uh, uh, rah-rah, get-in-your-face type of guys. And, man, our defense needs that. Our team needs that. And I'm happy to say that Brian Burns is that. So I'm chin-checking Brian Burns, man. That's my dude. Shout-out number 53. Someone else go. Uh, I'll go. Uh, you know what? Y'all might get they're questioning me about this, but I'm gonna check uh, Shaq Thompson. I saw his number and heard his name more times today than I think I have in weeks and weeks and weeks. Added together, he, he caused the forced fumble that was at the very beginning. He may not have had a perfect like game, it. forced from the beginning of the game. We got a touchdown off that. You know, without that touchdown and the special teams setting us up for that touchdown, we scored ten points this game. So my chin check goes to, to Shaq Thompson. He he played well today. Not great, but he played well. I like it. Uh, CK? Uh, my chin check is going to go to Tom Brady for overthrowing uh, a few of his receivers. <laughs> Nicely done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about on the offensive side of the ball? Anybody that stood out to you today? <sighs> not really. <laughs> Teddy I mean, Bridgewater stood out for me, but not for the right reason. Can we Can we go ahead and give Cannon? Uh, yo, it was, I, how about this? Can we give him a? How about that? Yeah, I think we should give a universal one game by, mm-hmm. like that. Uh, was a crazy ass awesome return. It was man, and uh, we needed it too. It was timely. It was man. We were getting our ass beat, and Cannon just kind of said, "Nah, man, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna give it." Yeah, I'm gonna give it to DJ Moore personally. I thought he was balling. I know that the miss that was a tough catch. He almost came down with it, but other than that, DJ was getting it done too. The problem is the thing that's so tough about this. This uh, maybe we give it to that tight end. By the way, I don't know whoever uh, is yeah. Ian Thomas. There was one <laughs> his, first, his first yeah. snap ever. Or some yeah, like but the problem. Oh no, the, the guy that, that got the touchdown. You mean? Yeah, yeah. So, but I was uh, my thing right now. The thing that's so hard about trying to give any kudos to an offensive player is we had two drives that we actually put ourselves in the red zone with, and one of them we didn't even get in the red zone. It was just DJ Moore doing a screen pass. Mm-hmm. Um, there was only two drives that we actually pushed ourselves down the field. That's it. The whole game, guys. Two but drives. It, that's it. it. By the way, totally. We only were one hundred percent in the red zone, though. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, I, because we only got there once. <laughs> yeah. 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 So exactly, uh, our, our our problems were flipped on their head. Normally, we can't even. Normally, we we're in the red. Yeah, normally we're in the red zone. We don't do shit with it. Now, the one time we were there, we were able to. We just couldn't get to the fucking red zone. So, yeah. uh, how annoying! All right. Um, I think we've uh, had a good post-game show. The the number's 252-228-5098. We're live Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. for the C3 Panthers podcast. We welcome all Panther fans. We are expert football fans, not football experts, but we know 
we know what we know, and we don't know what we don't know, thanks Donald Rumsfeld. Um, here, you can just come hang out with us. People that are here, we thank you for your time. We love this community that we've built. I've got my best friends in this podcast and in this chat room that you can imagine right now. Very excited uh, to 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 always talk and watch Panthers football with you guys. Share the show. That's all you got to do. Smash the thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Share one link. That's it. Like, is it that hard to just retweet something or to put it on Facebook? Just hit that little share icon and say, Panther fans, check this out. These guys are dicks. Uh, <laughs> but not as big as Teddy's. And uh, you can also find other cool content that people are putting out. We're putting out other things with crossover platforms and little videos. But, man, even Cody Lashney be getting up there and talking about video games. Cody, how can they talk to you about sports, football, life, or whatever? Yeah, man. So, first off, find me uh, on Twitter at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, and all the fans know by now, whenever you message me, I answer, I'll answer questions, talk about whatever you want, man, hit me up. Uh, and then, um, sometime tomorrow, me and my man, Jeffrey are going to be doing another, uh, podcast, man, talking about these video game consoles, um, and, uh, some of the video games coming out now, Assassin's Creed, Cyberpunk. So be on the lookout for that. Um, that's on my YouTube channel, Cody Lashney. And uh, every Wednesday, or every other Wednesday, so that means this Wednesday, there will be a brand new mock draft on drafttech.com. And listen, y'all, y'all better be following me uh, on, on Draft Tech because as we continue to lose, the top 10 pick gets a little bit better week after week, man. So. Uh, follow me for my uh, my draft analysis on some of these players that are going to be coming out. And um, that's it for your boy. Holla at me. CK, I bought, I pre-ordered the new Call of Duty. Um, and I played it for the first time two nights ago. And I'm, I'd be, I know uh, Cody doesn't like the shooter games. But um, I'm not that impressed, to be honest. No, bro. It's like no. just, uh, I feel like they took a bunch of other games and tried to integrate. What was that one that the, like you used to do? God, it was like um, an alien. You were in the space. It's like, um, God, there's like yeah. seven of them. Uh, Mass Effect? Yeah, maybe. And then you got to pick like the responses. It was kind of yeah, like. Yeah, Mass Effect. So Mass Effect. they brought that in. So they kind of integrated that. I wasn't overly impressed by the... And I watched it. Like, I played it like you're supposed to play a video game. Like, I didn't mash through the scenes. Like, I watched yeah, the yeah. scenes and stuff. And I'm not disappointed as in, like, I mean, I'm still going to play it. Underwhelmed. Yeah, it's just whelmed. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, that's one of my biggest things. It's, it's not my favorite. I, the only thing I'm enjoying is, uh, is zombies. I haven't even given campaign a, a go. I want to do that. That's but, what I'm working on. Um, I'm doing the campaign full before I get into anything else. Yeah. Yeah. The multiplayer is garbage. Um, really? and, uh, yeah, I mean, the problem is, and you probably get that a little bit from playing the campaign is it felt like they took a step back on the graphics from modern warfare. Uh-huh. Like, 
it, it feels more arcade like as opposed to realistic. Hmm. And I think I think that's that's the problem. Call of Duty. Do you think Duty, they you gave up a little bit game. because the PS5 is about to is about to come out? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I think their efforts are on Warzone and trying to update that. Yeah. All right. Well, how can they find your gaming stream? You can find me at uh, on Facebook Gaming. I'm, my Facebook username is going to be Codizzle Allen, and it's going to be an underscore between Codizzle and Allen. And uh, you know, I stream most nights. Um, Sunday nights, I usually kind of reserve to you know spend time with my family. But uh, every other night, uh, typically ten o'clock, you can find me uh, streaming. So come check it out. Man of many podcasts, Greg, the villain, also of the C3 <laughs> Panthers podcast. Uh, how can they find your work? Uh, you can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter. It's my only form of social media. Just hit me up. I like to debate about things as long as you can be civil about it and slide in my DMs, do it on the live feed. I don't care. But you can find me there. Check out Geek Ultimate Alliance Network where you can find all my other shows. I'm involved in a lot of different things. I think actually I podcasted every day this week and then i think i'm scheduled to podcast every day up to third up to wednesday this week so yeah it's been a long streak has the mandalorian gotten better it has have you watched any more of it no i watched the first 20 minutes i I was hammered drunk too and i was like you know blah 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 but still it just was so cheap no i I think it was so cheesy dude it was so cheesy I think in order to really like the newer newest episodes, the last two that have come out, you've got to be a little more knowledgeable about canon like story oh, to get excited I'm about gonna, it. It still could be I'm good, like but you don't get as excited when you see this or see this if you don't know. And what what it about is. this it really mess did. about them trying to cancel? Did you hear people trying to cancel Baby Yoda for genocide? Yeah, it's so stupid. People are saying because he was eating the, the he's eating some eggs of some frog in the second episode, and they're like, oh, it's genocide. But they clearly state, one, the eggs are unfertilized, and two, it's to end her line, not her species. To end her line. Which, don't get me wrong, who cares it's still if terrible. It's, genocide. it's still terrible, you but have it's not genocide. people cutting people's heads off. If you're oh, the I kind of person that gets mad about Baby Yoda, I hope that you're dumb enough to eat the fucking Tide Pods. How about <laughs> yes, that? I agree. I, I, I agree. I agree. Eat those yeah. eggs. Kill that imaginary world. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's imagination, bitches. Uh, <laughs> like I always get confused. They drop uh, midnight at or midnight on Thursdays. Uh, well, Friday mornings when they drop. So on East East Coast at Thursday nights at midnight, you can. Watch okay, them. I need to watch episode three. Okay, it's all right. C three Panthers podcast here live Tuesday night nine p.m. at Cat underscore Chronicles. Keep pounding, folks. Keep pounding. Is Keep All right, guys. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.